Six pack lap of that. Got my man, Arian Messi Kamesi. And today we have TD Smash himself. Oh. <laughs> How you doing, sir? Man, I'm I'm doing just fine, man. Just uh sore getting ready for the current, you know. I'm, I'm a three-lift uh lifter now. I'm not just bench only, so it's a little different <laughs> now. But yeah, man, I'm doing good. Um, so let's let's pick up a little bit. I mean, last time we were just chatting for for a couple of seconds there before we started recording. We we initially had you on the podcast back in like 2017. Um, mm -hmm. you were, you know, winning world titles in the IPF yeah. bench only. Uh -huh. So, so a lot of like the games change. We'll get to that in a second, but a lot yeah. has changed for you, sir. A lot has changed, man. It's, it's good change. So it's good, you know? And so, so let's talk a bit about it. So first off, um, you left the IPF. Uh, uh -huh. What, what essentially was some of the major decisions in leaving the IPF? Um, this is, and you know, not to hit on the IPF. I, I enjoyed my time with the IPF. I learned a lot. Uh, being a lifter, like even like just just like how the way like meat should be, uh, I learned how to be strict in my in my form and things like that, and I enjoyed my time. But I mean, there's just a lot of and it, it goes across the board, and I see it now, not just IPF, but like there's there's some politics that go around and you know weird things that I don't I don't like to see, and you know that was one of the major reasons, but the one of the biggest reasons was like. I just didn't like the fact that I couldn't go and do a meet outside the IPF and then like try to come back and do a drug tested me. And then they would be like, Oh, well, you can't do that because you did this meet here. Well, it's like, if I want to be the best I can be, I want to be the best I can be all across the board. Like IPF is just one section. Like granted, yeah, those are where, you know, best drug tested athletes are at, but you know, if we want to be completely honest, that's just drug tests. So we're not necessarily everybody's drug free that are on IPF, if we want to be honest. You know, so with that being said, if I want to be the best, I want to be the best regardless of, you know, somebody's got bionic arms and whatever the case may be. Like, I still want to be the best. I want to be able to beat that person. So, you know, that was, that was also my biggest thing, too. Like, I just, I love, I want to be able to compete with anybody and everybody, wherever. I don't care. I want to beat you. I want to be number one. So that's, that's how it was for me. In, in the IPF at the time, uh, for the bench only, you were the top dog and you were the top dog by a decent chunk. Like it wasn't your main, you didn't have close rivals. If I remember correctly, you know, you were, you were winning titles. And um, if you, if you were going to go seek out that head to head competition, at least for the bench only, mm -hmm. it was going to be, you're going to have to leave the IPF because you had done everything Correct. you could do essentially. You know, I mean, what's going on in the bench only right now is phenomenal. This is the bench only. We'll get to the point of, I'll ask you in a second how you, how you got into the three lift. But when you first initially left in the bench only, holy mm -hmm. shit, man, from like Julius Maddox, the guys like, uh, you know, Strickland, who, uh -huh. uh, you know, I mean, the bench only is heating up. And then throw yourself into the mix like, you know, yeah, it's, it's getting really hot. And um, in the hype along Julius Maddox, I remember having him on the podcast when he was like, I, he hadn't even benched seven. And he's like, I'm uh, going to bench seven. And a lot of people are like, seven, man, everyone wants seven, but no one gets seven, let alone Kirill's, let alone Kirill's record, which was like the home run record that everyone thought was never going to fall. And mm -hmm. then sure enough, you know, he benches seven and then he takes yeah. Kirill's record. Now, what are we talking? What are we talking? We're talking eight. 
It's crazy. Um, it's, you know, it's coming. I can't say too much, but it's coming. So I know, I know, I know a bit, but it's coming. That's all I'm gonna you say. Know, you know, a little so something. Me, me something. real close, so we we talking. Uh, it's gonna be there when it's time to go. I, right. I'm I'm very confident in my boy. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's so it, it totally. Yeah, if you're gonna be in, if you like, you're not in the bench only now, but if you were going to be when you left, you were in the bench only. It totally makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. so so a few things when you left. Did you have ties with Maddox uh, previously or were you already training with him or was it when mm-hmm. you left the IPF that you guys became friends because you seen each other in meets? Um, we had been uh, friends before that. Like I said, maybe like a couple of years before I decided to uh, go away from the IPF and like we just, we clicked well and, you know, we we we, we talked to this day, you know, I, I talked to him at least maybe once a week. I know he's he's like super busy now, but you know, like the dudes, like you know, we've always been kind of close, and you know, seeing like his progression, that was another thing. that's like I want to I want to be able to bang against my brother. I mean, right now I'm I'm not really touching him right now. You know, I, I just you know he's seven last year, so you know he's 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 got me he's got me beat on the bench, but I mean just to see like his progression right now too, it's just it's ridiculous, man. Like like this man is talking about manifesting and I know for a fact he's going to bench 800 this year like it's a it's, raw bench press I don't care who you are raw bench press 800 800 is a really really great squat 800 is a really really great deadlift yeah pretty good leg press too like this guy's gonna bench it raw dog can I say something I know elevators that'll struggle with 800 in there okay? <laughs> like, like come on man 800 is good for an elevator all right yeah, exactly. so so yeah man for a bench press what are we talking about here it's crazy because it's funny how you said uh he manifests it when he first came on I shit you not he was like um I know I haven't benched seven. He was still in the late sixes. And he's mm-hmm. like, I 100% believe in myself. This is before, I remember I gave him, KOTL uh, named him bench presser of the year like uh-huh. two years ago. And this is before, I think he had just hit 700 or something like that. And people like, really? Julius? Like, you know, why not this guy? Why not? You know, they had all these other people. And I'm like, I don't think you guys know what's about to happen. And, and, him hitting 700 is a milestone and it's massive because there's a handful of men, yourself included, we'll talk about that in a second, who mm-hmm. hit 700. But when he was on and I was like, just watch. And he was one of the lifters I pegged to watch. And now you don't really got to say nothing. If ever there's somebody who just, like you said, manifested, just like wills it to happen. It, previously, there was yeah. like very few people who believed. Now everybody and their mother's like, oh, fucking Julius Maddox. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, no, you're all that. On the bandwagon now. Yeah. That's what it is. yeah. And if you heard, listen, let me just tell, we'll get into yourself. I just want to tell, did you hear the what story of the baby, the rapper? Oh, yeah, I know about that. Yeah. Dog, he came on the podcast and talked about it. Do you know the baby, Arian? No, I don't know. Uh, story. You're, you're not hip like me, dog. That's why. <laughs> um, he, uh, the baby was. They were at an airport and the mm-hmm. baby was got a, got a little cocky and um, he was trying to order like some fries at one of those freaking airport, you know, fast food shit. And um, Julius is there and Julius is there with his girl and, and they were waiting as well. The guy was the baby was getting a little bit cocky with the people because their fryer was down or some shit. 
and he's like pulling out money and waffling, you know, waving it down. It's like, be like, come on, man, let's go. And like, just busting her chops. And Julius is, I think Julius's girl said something, or maybe it's Julius first. It was like, hey, like, relax, man. These guys make like 15 bucks an hour in like they're hustling. Like, what are they, you know? It yeah. lipped off first to Julius's girl. And Julius is like, it's a lot tougher to walk away with your girl. But if it's you, it's one thing. If it's your girl, you're like, now, now, now you force my hand, you know? And I was like, did the baby big have? Hand. Yeah, that's a big ass <laughs> hand. That's a big ass hand to force, my man. Yeah. And um, I'm like, did <laughs> he's telling me a story? And I'm like, did the baby have like security with him? And he's like, dog. You think that's gonna matter? Like, gonna <laughs> Julius is a 450 pound, like the strong, the new bench is eight. Like that's just like from a like a laying on his back position. Like this dude is massive. And Julius exactly. he talks about his background. He's talked about it on the show. Mm-hmm. Um he's like he doesn't shy away. He he gave he told he told us it all, and he was like, Oh man, I come from you know, nothing sweet here. Like whether it's fist fighting, he's been witness to gunfights. He's been, he's been yeah. in jail. He's, he's, he's seen it all. You're not mm-hmm. scaring him. He ain't backing down. He, no, you got he an army. Him down. <laughs> you got an army? My man's a one man army. So mm-hmm. subtle, so subtle. And the baby almost ended up one of these rappers who died too young. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing too. And if I was there, it definitely would have. Oh, gee, can you imagine? <laughs> clean house. Can you can you imagine if people watch me like, all right, I don't know what these gentlemen do, but they're fucking large, and I guarantee they're the wrong guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you imagine? TD gets up from his chair. He's over here. There's a little commotion. The baby's getting flung because he's a little ass dude. Yeah. Wow, man. That was a phenomenal story, but it is what it is. There's a Julius Maddox story to kick us off. Yeah. But um, yeah, man. So you you decided to leave the IPF and mm-hmm. uh and obviously the the uh bench only was popping over in the untested. So you went over and um and Julius initially also he came on the podcast and he initially was like, I'm not going to use any PDs or anything. And then after a while, he's like, I'm, I, you know, that, I think he's, I can't remember if he openly said this or not, but I'm, I'm assuming, but maybe I shouldn't assume, but I believe you openly said, Oh, like, I, I'm, you yeah, know, yeah. I'm an open book, bro. I'm not, I'm not, yeah. one to, I'm not, I'm not a fake natty, bro. I'll, I'll yeah. I mean, you, you know what? Well, I mean, whatever. I, I don't put people on the spot necessarily, but I know you openly said, I'm pretty sure Julius did as well. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. uh, what, what went into that decision? Did you decide, you know what, like, cause obviously there's like, there, there's things to consider when you're going to make that decision. Right. Uh huh. So, so for you, what was that? Um, Just the way I was feeling, man. Like I, um, I just was so fatigued all the time and I was so tired uh, I was at a super like long plateau and like I'm one of those guys like I can get out of a plateau but it was so difficult and it's how my body was feeling and I, I noticed like a lot of things going on with me and you know I was like well maybe it wouldn't hurt to check I mean I, I didn't think I was because I was like what 27 at the time and I found out and I'm like you know let's, let's see what what's going down and turns out I'm like my levels were at like 171, which is like the level of a like old, like like 80 year old. So yeah, that's like, my le- that's my level. <laughs> like it's, it's that's I mean that's low, that's super low, and I'm like, oh, well, let's let's get some things straightened out, and yeah. you know, and I I got on, I'm on the TRT through my doctor, and the rest is history, man. <laughs> is is it um so it, 
like, cause, cause a lot of people don't know a lot of, know a lot about it. Like TRT is not the same as just some gym bro. Like I don't look at, I'll be totally honest. I don't know a heck of a lot to speak on it either, but I know TRT mm-hmm. is a lot different than if you get something from a gym bro and it's like Winstrol and, or something like that. Like right. this is a doctor who's just doing tests and monitoring and, and doing it, blood work, I, et cetera. Right. That's all I take is testosterone. That's it, man. Yeah. And is it a plan um, essentially to hit certain goals and then you're like, all right, then we start leveling off to certain, like, you know, whatever, more moderate levels down the road or anything like that? Or My, my goal is I want to stay on my TRT for, you know, a little while. And then I made a promise to myself, made a promise to my wife and my family because I am a big boy. We all know that. And uh, I'm going to stop being this big at age 35. So once I'm at my peak, you know, whatever I do, even if I just add two pounds to my total, it doesn't matter. Like I'm going to stop at 35, cut at least about a hundred some pounds off of my body. Then, you know, try to work back to doing, you know, some things, but I want to, you know, that that's kind of my goal coming up. So, I mean, I'm, I'm 28, I'll be 29 in July. So I still got a lot of time. Yeah. Um, but I want to be smart about it too. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, I, I want to have some longevity. I want to be able to like, even if I, you know, go down to a, a weight class, which is crazy for me to say, cause I'm 400 pounds to go down a weight class. But you know, like if, if I, that was ever like a dream, that would be cool. You know, just to say like I did it. So, you know, that, that would be, that would make me happy, but that's, that's my long-term goal. And, and, um, I mean, I know, I think previously we talked about like people don't realize you, you would, you talked about going to the IPF world championships, I believe it was. And was it in Japan? I've been to South Africa, Japan, and Finland. And you were saying how people react to you, especially in Japan when they saw you <laughs> and they were like, this motherfucker yeah. is famous. I don't know what he does, but he's famous. <laughs> this dude, don't tell me this dude's an average dude. Like they were like, where did you say they were asking for your autographs and pictures? Cause they, Bro, it was crazy. They I, thought, I thought I was like, cool. I'm like, man, I need to stay out here more. I bet, man. Well, I mean, it's, it's just something that uh, most people can't wrap their head around. It's like, cause you guys, like you, Julius, like you were, you are like those action guys who like action heroes that are larger than life and can do things that are just, when you talk about it, like you were talking about Julius uh, benching 700, my friend, you bench 700 or sorry, 800, you bench 700 that, and you squat eight in dead eight. It's, it's almost like, it's so hard for people to wrap their heads around the things that you're doing. Um, when, let, let me also ask you, because you moved into the three lift, do you wish before you left the IPF, you had gotten a couple of three lifts in to see what you could have done there now? No, nope. nope. Doesn't, doesn't matter to me at this point. I, uh, I enjoy watching some of the guys do their thing now with the uh, IPF. I see Ray's coming back. Uh, I can't think of his name, but he's also super heavy. Jesus Alaveras. Jesus Alaveras. Bro. Our uh, young Mexican friend, he's a uh, twenty-one. Um, what's his name? Instagram, like me- mega something. Uh, ah, shoot. Yeah, it's was, like mega, Megatronus. Megatronus. Yes, Low key, I was kind of flirting in his comments like last <laughs> night. He, bro, but I'm gonna tell you what, he's 22 years old, and that's one of those cats you got to watch out for. He's doing that stuff in the IPF, like yeah. he's benching in, in uh, like about mid fives, but he's about to squat a G. 
and he's pulling by what I pull. Like, yeah, he's got a, he, he's pulled 400 keys, I believe, right, Arian? Yeah, he that did the yeah, the 880 at the last meet. Yeah, fucking ridiculous, he's a monster. And he's 21. Yeah, but, but he's 22, but this, this or is 22 now. Okay. He has an elite total already, regardless of the fact, but guys like him can't go to like, you know, big dogs or go to the current, go win some money for what he's doing. It doesn't make any sense. Like let yeah. him just drug test him more if you think he's doing something. Like that, the, the kid is phenomenal. He should be able to make some money for what he's doing. He's putting his body through it. He's amazing. There, There is going to be when the world goes back to normal with international travel. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I want to actually get your thoughts on this. Um, the Sheffield, SBD Sheffield. Yeah, I heard about that. Where they're going to have, um, I think it's a $350,000 US. Now this is going to be run off of the IPF Goodlift points. And I don't know if that helps out the big boys too much though, if I'm honest. I think- It doesn't make any sense. It should just be- in my opinion, I am, I'm all about like, th- this is my whole thing too. Like who cares? Let me rephrase it. <laughs> In my opinion, I don't care about Wilkes. Wilkes isn't really important to me. Like, a dot wouldn't be important. And I'm, I honestly think even if I was like in the lower weight class, if I was a smaller guy, I would still think the same for the simple fact that like, if this guy and this guy weigh the same, they're the same weight class, but this guy outlifts this other guy, well, just because he weighed like a little bit uh, less, he's going to win because he just weighs like that isn't like, I'm sorry, like, but the guy who lifts more is more impressive to me. That's just always been like the thing, like, you know, I don't, I don't want to be that that super heavyweight that says, oh, there's no, there's no weight classes in the, the jungle. Like, I'm not going to go that far, but at the same yeah. time, it's like, if you put up the weight, you put up the weight, you know, and if it's the standard, it's the standard. So like, that's another thing too. Like we get, I, we can talk about that too with standards and whatnot, but yes, yeah, that's, that's, that's a problem. So that's just always been my thing, man. Like the dots and Wilkes and all that stuff, man, like go off of who is the, the bad boy in that weight class period. And, and I think they did uh, now like th- that Sheffield obviously got canceled and then um, everything else is tentative now. And then, so what they, how they had it set up might totally change because you're, they're constantly taking feedback, whatever. Um, so who mm-hmm. knows what it's going to be, but I do know they were going to have like for records, you break, you'll get paid money and stuff like that. So he would have an opportunity, even if he doesn't win the overall to make some dough and, right. um, and who knows what they do in the future. If they decide we're going to give, if we're going to have like face off showdowns between two guys like they, cause they might maybe bring in Ray and, you know, bonuses. If you win your showdown in your weight class or who knows, who knows what's going to happen down there, but you're right. right. At least at the very least, there's going to be some dough getting like, I, I, I echo your sentiments that for, for a while there, the IPF needed to get some money meets and um, on they that needed end to big yeah. time, man, like you, the IPF's got some strong lifters, man. And yeah. like, some of those guys are pretty bad, you know, and they, they need they need they need some conversation for what they do. <laughs> you know, the, the travel ain't cheap. You know, the hotels ain't cheap. You know, like they, they gotta get some money. You know, give them a little bit. Do Do you have now that you're gone from the IPF? Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any regrets that you wish you would have done looking back before you left, or do you have any regrets about leaving the timing wise? Or I'm I'm you know what if anything. I, I think I maybe should have tried to crack 700 at the IPF 
just to solidify a little bit more. But at the same time, it's like, I don't think I was really going to go anywhere because of how low my levels were and the, you know, circumstances, you know, why, and I found out why. So it's like, you know, like I changed jobs too, which was a big difference for me. And, you know, I was, I was working, you know, I remember I was a correction officer and I was working, you know, all those 12 hour shifts and I'd, you know, be, I'd be up from 5 a.m. till about midnight most nights because I'd go, you know, seven to seven and I'd train and then, you know, I'd be so tired and that was taking a toll on me too. And that's what my doctor said. That's a lot of why, obviously, because, you know, I'm not sleeping. And then also, because I'm a big boy, you know, that <laughs> helping it, you know, so, <laughs> you know, thank God I'm, I got a nutritionist now. So we're working on that. So, but, um, but yeah, man, that's, I, that's my only regret, if anything, but otherwise, man, I, I did enjoy my time with IPF and I did learn a lot. So, you know, I, I've still loved, how like especially at the Arnold how they do their meets and they just make it a big spectacular like but like you know a lot of these untested meets just just you know the same rock playlist and just like <laughs> it's like it's the same but it's, it's cool you know it's, it's whatever you know yeah yeah it is a different feel like IPF Worlds feels like a true international event people with different languages all in the same hotel you take an elevator and there'll be four different people speaking four different languages uh yeah. that that sorry that doesn't make sense there'll be eight people speaking four languages uh, or, yeah. you know what i mean where um yeah it's, it gets pretty nuts though and it feels like when you show up you see the banner of all of the different flags from around the world and it's like in one event you could have like 75 nations show up and it's like yep. it's a, a legit global event whereas sometimes when you're cool. it, there, there's there's something you know look at life is short man and, and there's those moments where you're like fuck man this i'm a part of something big this feels big it's something cool about that That's when you great feeling yeah when you float actually so what tell me about that feeling when you because you were also the first man to ever in the ipf bench 300 keys right raw as it, far it, as i okay See, and this is where I get confused too, because before me, there was a James Henderson, oh, yeah, but yeah. The, for some reason, they don't count things on open powerlifting. Or, oh, I shouldn't say open powerlifting, but like when I broke the record, it was my record, but I don't know how I didn't, you know, how it wasn't still his record. But regardless of the fact, I broke the record. Cool. That was awesome. And I think the best thing too was just hearing the, you know, national anthem, while I'm on the podium, like that was like cool. Like, and I got, I, you know, team I ran on my, uh, he got second. And that was, this is my first uh, championship and I was in South Africa. Team I ran was on, on my right and I had a guy, uh, Alvin, who was on Team USA. And just like, man, like that was like the coolest feeling ever. Like now, like I go to meets and like, as soon as we get done, everybody's cracking beers. Like, oh, here goes the trophy. Here you can take the job, brother. You did a good job. You know, like, <laughs> it's a different atmosphere. But, you know, I, I enjoy it all. It's cool, you know. Yeah, it is totally different, to say the least. Um, one, thing I'll, one thing I'll say, they do have uh, – it was interesting in the beginning of the lockdown when they started working with um, ESPN for Thor's and for TD's uh, bench attempt. Um, were you there at that meet? When, I competed at that meet. Okay, I thought so. I, 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 so, so were you? Let me pull this up, Ari. You might already have it. I bombed out. Is that okay? Is that the one? All right. Because, because, and then obviously with TD, he, um, or sorry, with uh, Julius Maddox, and then they misloaded him. Did they not? Yeah, one of the sides uh, didn't have the uh, other red that it was supposed to. So, yeah. but I mean, you have. 
three national judges, I feel like, especially with a lift like that, a world record attempt, every judge should literally go there and count and make sure everything is done. That's just my opinion. I've always thought that too. I mean, I understand missiles happen, especially when you have big meets, but there was only a few of us, you know, because we only had a, a certain amount of time slot. And that was just kind of like ESPN kind of screwed us a bit. And then people didn't know what was going on. Cause when it was my attempt, I'm in the back of the gym, like in a, in a cool spot. Cause it was super hot in there. Like I was sweating. Like I lost weight, just like warming up and, like I heard my wife like telling this. I'm like, something's like, going on with my baby. Like, cause my baby was there, and they were like, "Oh no, you're up." And I'm like, "Oh crap!" So I had to go and like run. And I, I didn't even have time to put my wrist wraps on, and you know, I I didn't get any of my lifts because apparently my button went up. But they were they were just I don't know. I didn't like that meat. That meat wasn't ran really really well. But it was cool to just to say I was on ESPN. Did, but, was uh, was it because it was on ESPN? It just wasn't like here's something I noticed about the ESPN meat was like. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be like when you're on your own live stream and you're just unrushed and things are just kind of moving as per normal. Was it like you're on a bit of a time crunch? Yeah, you're yeah. there. It's new territory for ESPN and things were not moving as per normal as per usual. And it's like, what the shit is going on? Because there's a few I think things they could have done better. I think if I think if they really want to get it done, it could be something really cool. But they need to like reevaluate that last situation. And, understand, and I think they need to come to a few meets and like understand like, all right, cool. Like if we want to do this, this is how it's going to be, you know? Cause like, who wouldn't like, like I think the world needs to know who, you know, John Hack is. I think the world needs to know, you know, who some of these guys are, you know, who Jen Thompson is like, so like they need to know these people. Like this sport is great in other countries. They really know who we are. But when it comes to like America, like it's like, oh, hey, like you, you lift heavyweight, you're that guy in the gym that just screams. So, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> that's how it is, man. But I, I think that if they really evaluated that situation and really like took the time to understand our sport better, they could really make a spectacular out of it. And they, and they could really bring that sport to light. How, when you were there and that happened, like, listen, <laughs> it's 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 got to be said it's fucking espn for god's sake it's not just the world record that julius was going for it was the 800 like it was it was the like milestone the barrier it was like everything the hype all of the posters they made was all about this it was more than just like the record um so yeah. of all of the misloads my man that was a a monster misload. I rather misload mine, but uh, from what yeah, I, no shit. But, like, but this is my thing, and like people were threatening and getting mad at the at the spotters and loaders, and like it's like, hey, like you guys can't necessarily just blame those guys because some of those guys are actually my friends, so that, that kind of made me mad. I took it personal. They would never do that to Julius because Julius comes up here to train with us, and we love Julius. That's you know my brother, so like. You know, like he, they would never do anything to hurt him or nothing like that. But people were like, "Oh, you guys did that." And blah, blah. Well, you have again, you have three national judges. Why didn't they get up and go and check this weight? This is eight hundred pounds. A man's getting ready to attempt to bench press. Check the weight. It it doesn't take long. You know, I grant at me, I'm stupid when it comes to kilos. I'm just like, let's do red, do another red, put another red on. Like that's just me when I warm up. <laughs> but like, you know. For those that know kilos, understand it. Like, hey, like, check it again. Like, it's okay to check it. I'd rather somebody check my bar than me go up to the bar and, like, I have, you know, 
Because what, what would that be? That's like 300-some pounds on each side almost, or a little bit more than 300 pounds on each side that, you know, he's going to be misloaded off of. You know, oh, dog. Listen, if if on a bench press, if you got five pounds less on one side, you could feel like, what the fuck was that? Like, you might not bail, but you could feel, oh, that felt a little fucky. But you misload like that. And yeah, man, it doesn't take much. It's a little bit of a jam when you want uncork that off the rack it's like holy smokes and then everything's rattled arian you are not only a national team coach and seen enough but you're also a judge um what is the procedure usually don't they have platform managers normally that would check the weights yeah there's different ways to do it obviously the the screen has all the plates and everything there for you so you can check it right against the screen but like i i spot and loaded some uh squats this past weekend and when we started going more and more reds, we physically went there and counted the reds on each side. And as a referee, if they're putting like, you know, the record chips on, they usually check the chips and make sure it's correct on each side. But even if it's reds, you can also look in the weight trees. And if you see, you know, like one red on this side in the weight tree and two reds on this side in the weight tree, then you know something is off. So there's different ways that you, you can check and make sure things are correct. But yeah, I feel like oftentimes, like when these big guys, Ray or Blaine River are going and, you know, you have so many red plates on there, it's hard to tell. Usually, yeah, the, the spotter will go there and just count both sides and make sure everything's correct before they tell the, the referee, hey, it's loaded. And when you say bar is loaded, does the person who say bar is loaded do that final check? Is, is it like a something that's on their responsibility list? It, it technically is on the responsibility. It's in the rule book that, like, you know, the referees are supposed to be checking the loads and stuff like that and being on top of things. Um, but they don't always do it for, you know, for counting the reds because usually, you know, you're putting on the smaller plates or you're just switching, you know, and just putting one extra red on. So they can kind of see the spars putting one extra red on. But if there's a bigger change, it depends on whether they want to go up there and actually count it or if just the spotter does it. Yeah. It's a tough one, buddy. But that is one where ESPN probably themselves are like, well, we, we dabbled in the powerlifting industry and, and that didn't end the way we wanted it to. How was Julius afterwards? Um, I mean, I can picture him in the car ride home and the fucking- He was a little baby. upset, but he got I over it. He'll be all right. Yeah, I bet. I was going to say, I picture him in the car ride home and the fucking baby comes over the radio and somebody better watch themselves. <laughs> somebody better watch themselves. But you know, yeah, he's a champ though, man. I mean, he, he ends, we, we all know how the story ends. He ends up like he's going to bounce back and he always does, man. He's, he's like a, the impossible man to hold down. Um, so yeah, and not only, so after that competition, you ended up also joining the 700 pound club. Is this one of the major milestones you were hunting? Actually, I, I did it before. I did oh, uh, it okay. before. I did, I did 700 at the Arnold, like the year that they canceled it because they still let the XPC and the, the things that were outside of the expo, they let those things go on. So we were able, because I was supposed to do it in the cage, in the animal cage. I was going to attempt it in the animal cage first, but um, we found out that they had a couple openings in that meet. So me and Julius did that meet, and I did did my 700 and that's when he did 771 yeah okay i seen that i seen the 317.5 and uh some people will tell you that equals 699.97 <laughs> <laughs> but you ended up doing 320 anyways so it's a moot point but don't <laughs> I, but I, my, if you if you go on open power from though and you convert it to pounds it says 700, 700? there Okay. And that was that was bench only. And then in the most recent meet, he did the 705 full power. Well, yep. I mean, that settles it. My man, Caffey, who does co-hosting here sometimes, he was going to be the first Canadian to deadlift 
um, 700 pounds in the 83 kilo class. And I was watching on this live stream. He ended up breaking the IPF world record when he went to worlds, but this is in the Canadian nationals. I was watching on the live stream and I knew 317.5 equaled 699.97. Like, like you couldn't get much closer, right? A snowflake uh-huh. lands on at 700. And I, so I knew the plan was third deadlift, be the first to pull 700. I'm watching on the live stream TD and I see, 317.5 and in brackets they have the conversion to uh, to pounds and he's underneath the big board that says it and you see in brackets 699.97 and i'm like jeff we look up the bar isn't loaded yet you can still make a last minute change like you can make a change i'm like i'm yelling i'm texting paul who's the handler and i'm like look up look up it's not 700 it, he's, he's, and they just bars loaded and like oh no and then afterwards he's like yeah i did it and then uh, his, his girlfriend's like yeah fuck that was awesome he goes i was the first to do 700 and she goes and he goes what and then she told him and he goes ah I'm like that would my heart. dog and the thing is because there's a record they didn't have to go up two and a half kilo. They only had to go up half a kilo. Oh, they could have chipped it. But they didn't. Go big or go home. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. It is. But just like you, he ended up going to Worlds and getting it anyway. So it's a moot point. Uh-huh. It doesn't matter. And he broke an IPF world record. So it's all good. But, but, uh, but yeah, anyways. Uh, so when about did you decide that you were going to start going into the three lift? Because I remember messaging you after you did. And I was like, holy shit, TD. <laughs> you could squat and dead, my friend. Yeah, man. I, you know what? I, I've always kind of dabbled with it like a little bit while I did bench only, but like not for long. Like for the most part, like I would just bench twice a week and like maybe had a back day and maybe did some legs. But like I, I just kind of always had some strong legs from like, you know, football and, you know, doing track and whatnot. No, I didn't run. I did shot put and discus and <laughs> that type of stuff. But, my man. <laughs> But I was just like, you know what? I, I'm kind of tired of being a one-trick pony because I knew I was going to hit seven. It's like seven was my goal at that time. So I know seven's coming up. Why not try to do a full me and just to see how, you know, if I like it or not. And I liked it, and I continue to do them. So, <laughs> but I, the first one I did was the Boss of Bosses meet, and that was the, the Dan Green's meet. And I did that wrapped. But um, I don't think I want to do wrapped for, you know, any longer just because I like sleeves. And wraps hurt. I'm like a little crybaby when I get my wraps on, so I'd rather just do sleeves. That's fine with me. Well, I mean, um, wraps, like I've had John Hack was on, I think um, Brendan Allen, even Kevin Oak, a couple of those guys. I've had them all on. I, I don't want to, I'm, I'm mixing up who said what, but I know John for sure was saying, and one of those fellas did say as well, the wraps definitely contributed to injuries, like not just painful but um because your leg isn't made to be wrapped so tight it can't bend and then you're going to load on so much weight on your back it's forced to bend so then that's when quad tears ham tears and um john ended up getting an injury and one of those fellas as well and they were like it's just i think i think uh, yeah yeah brendan it was a brendan l okay and maybe maybe even uh maybe even kevin as well on top of that but there there's been a few i've had a couple people on who are like Man, it's it leads to injury. It's it's dangerous stuff. Yeah, it's it's super dangerous. Like, I'm just like, you know what? I'll just get some nice sleeves and do my thing. And you know, you you do see a lot of guys, you know, Buster Buster Chops doing that. I mean, Ed Cohen, you know, 
he he blew his knee out, wrapped. Um, there's that guy, I think he was in Russia a couple years ago or a year ago, and it was viral how he, he blew both his quads out squatting. Like, disgusting. Oh, I would never want that. I would cry. I don't want people seeing me crying and grabbing my legs. Like, oh. Dude, that video, did you see that video, Arian? I think I know which one he's talking about, yeah. Discuss, you know, change your too. Ah, yes, you can hear it. Yes, you, you, (laughs) dude, it's disgusting. It's, um, uh, I've contemplated like, does King Live share this? No, I don't think (laughs) it's a little too, you know, change like he'll rattle you, man. Just, uh, and it's, it is when you have your leg and you wrap it so fucking tight, you can't even bend it, and then you put so much weight on your back that all of a sudden you can now under that kind of pressure. Even if the worst case, the legs, the knees don't blow it, the muscles underneath that wrap that are squished tight by the wrap, but now contracting from hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pounds on your back dog. Eventually, you know, it's, it's, it's playing with, it's playing with dynamite. It's some Um, people, they never get hurt, but. Perseus just blew his quad out. Actually, he just tore his quad. Is it, and he's, oh, he was in prep for the uh, open as well. Mm -hmm. Damn. So he's yeah, he, it just happened like I think this earlier this week. Okay. Damn it, man. He's a monster. So Perseus, boy, Perseus. Yeah, he's good, boy. man. Damn he's it. Good. Man. He looks like um, you know the TV show Luke Cage. I, I don't That's I don't exactly watch exactly who I think he is because he he like he walks around like Luke Cage. Like I, I love Perseus. I'm not scared to fight nobody, but I wouldn't want to fight Perseus. <laughs> oh, fuck. That, that is for sure. Dude. I'm glad he's a friend of mine. He, he literally looks like a like he he should be in um, a superhero movie and I mean he he's the guy is jacked as shit. I remember jacked. he is crazy jacked. But the thing is, you're you're right. The way he walks around, there's something about like he's he, head up, chest out, like like oh, he, yes. with the confidence that he knows he looks like a fucking superhero or superhero. Hey, look, you know? this, like this man was in my house when we did the ESPN thing, and I'm. I'm a man. I'm, I'm the man of the house. <laughs> I feel like I had to share that responsibility when when him. You do it. I'm, I'm like, all right, well, I got guns. They ain't got no guns. I'm good. Like, you're not gonna try to bully me in my own house. He's, he's, he sees you around the kitchen. He's like, TD, you got a gun on you? What the fuck's going on right now? Like, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just making sure that everything. <laughs> I'm feeling a little insecure right now. So, <laughs> but yeah, no, he's uh, he's jacked. It's tough, man. Um, I think the Kern. I don't know if it was the Kern that was cursed. I swear to God, there was a couple meets in a row. Mm-hmm. And, and I, fuck, man, this is a bad podcast because you're training for the Kern. It's not <laughs> cursed, man. Forget um, it. No, I'm already dealing with something, so I'm, it's, it's okay. Okay, it's I'm, done I'm, I'm for you. I'm already dealing with a little bit of injury. So okay. I, re- I remember I had Brandon Allen on in Annie Wang, and we were talking about the Kern. And leading mm-hmm. into it, it, like half a dozen people dropped out and then at the same Kern, this is when Larry wheels got injured and like mm-hmm. a bunch of people got injured. And, um, we're like, I was like, I hate to say it fellas, but are we all thinking what we're thinking? And Brendan's <laughs> like, it's cursed. It's cursed, yeah. man. But, um, funny things happen to that roster is constantly changing when it comes to us car. It is, but you want to know a different roster that's looking stupid, crazy right now. That's, Talk to me. Let's hear it. The showdown. <laughs> the showdown. Get ready for the showdown. I look. I'm in there. Best believe that. <laughs> what do you What do you think about um, the USAPL lifters leaving to enter into the showdown? Because you obviously, like we'd said, you left the USAPL and IPF 
um, and, and went into the show. Yours is a little bit different because you went through the ranks right up to the world's um, some people are leaving before they add certain, like you, you kind of tame those wild horses, so to speak, like you've achieved, you went to the top, right? So it's yeah. a little easier. Some people, not everyone's coming from that scenario. They, they went all the way, but um, what are your thoughts on these guys, but, and girls leaving, going to the showdown, potentially being suspended, missing IPF worlds. What do you think? What I think. That's what I think, because you all know what some of those the people that are doing are some of the best in the IPF, and I think that that sends a message to those guys that hey, you know what, like they shouldn't be able to like to suspend them for doing a meet, just for doing a meet, just to try to earn some money. Like my boy Sean Noriega, like he's doing it, you know, and, and his lady's doing it. Like I mean, like come on, now. who wouldn't want to see those guys compete with you know? The, the the beasts, you know, like, because they're, they're beasts themselves, you know, that's it's great. Like, I think they said that the meet coming up for the showdown, there's potential of, like, six girls deadlifting over 600 pounds or something like that. And, like, there's quite a few guys that are possibly going to deadlift over 900 pounds. Like, who wouldn't be want to be a part of that meet? Like, that's going to be stupid. Like, why, oh, yeah, well, I can't because my federation says that uh, I'll get suspended and I can't win my 17th world title. Like, come on now. Like, you know, like who cares? Like, it's, it, it just gets old, man. And it just it just makes IPF look really, really um, petty, if, if, if we're saying the right word. And, you know, I, I, like I said, I, I, just, I really don't have a problem with IPF, but some of the things that they do, man, it just, it's just stupid. But I'm just, I'm happy to see that they're doing it. I mean, um, Ashton, like, and Rondell Hunt, he's look, facing Rondell Hunt. Who, look, who, I'm gonna tell you right now, Ashton, that kid right there, that's why they made Mossberg because you know, you, you got you had a kid like that walking down the street trying to get to you, man. All you gotta do, <laughs> he's a big boy, he is swole, <laughs> and he still does muscle ups too. That dude is yeah. nuts. Yeah, he's, he's doing muscle ups. That dude's nuts, man. Yeah, right. I ain't fighting him. <laughs> I mean, I know I'm bigger than him, but I'm not stupid. Unless Perseus is, is with you. If he's still with oh, you, I, yeah, I feel I'm going to call hey. Perseus, man. <laughs> hey, man. Perseus with me, I feel seven feet tall. Everybody watch hey, out. Everybody... Perseus, hey, bro, he's messing with me, man. Come, come up here. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> I mean, I saw TD doing some sprints, too. He can get out of there quick. Oh, yeah. I can, you I do can sprints? Run, man. Oh, yeah. I can still run. I, I actually. I think this summer I'm going to try to test my 40 and see if I can get in the fours again. So Jesus wept, dude. That'd be terrifying. You would take people's heads off. I know. I miss football, man, but I'm glad I don't play it anymore. So, yeah. Well, it's, yeah. It's more cool. So it's, uh, it's tough, man, because I mean, everything that potentially can go with football, but holy fudge, would you be murdering people on that field if you. <laughs> If you if you start moving into the fours again, if someone doesn't see you coming, they're not going to see you. They're, they're waking up at a different day. It's, it's a, <laughs> they wake up, they got a beard, their girlfriend has moved on, and their parents have already said goodbye. <laughs> it's it's a miracle they woke up. It's uh, yeah, no uh, more football for me. <laughs> um. And also uh, Rondell Hunt. So the good thing about Ashton going He's there, too, man. 
Absolute monster. Listen, we can't sleep on uh, Rondell Hunt because he's not from the U.S., so he doesn't get the exposure that the American lifters get. But And he hasn't lifted in two years due to some politics with the federations um, where he's from. So uh, Trinidad and Tobago, is that right, Arian? Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. So, so, so there's some politics where he's from. So he hasn't lifted since he won the IPF Junior World Championships in 2018, I believe. So it's been a hot minute. So people understandably he's not on the forefront of people's minds but he is benching not yet, not yet man they're gonna if if they forgot y'all must have forgot like roy jones <laughs> if, if i watch me myself i'm aging myself right that was a there's a throwback y'all yes. must have forgot. <laughs> but um uh but he's like benching 551, 250 keys. He's squatting yeah. 365. Like he's squatting over uh, 800. He's deading also over 800, 365 keys for international listeners. So he's ease too. smooth. He's right there with Ashton. And, um, but he hasn't competed. So people aren't at the forefront like Ashton's competing, which I get. Like, look at gym numbers aren't the same as com- uh, competition numbers. So I kind of get it. But, um, because of the politics with this Fed, you know, that they're going through, he can't go to Worlds to face the best 105s. So he's like, I'm going to go to Showdown. And Ashton, who's the main comp for him, really, is like, well, I'm going to go to Showdown too. <laughs> I respect that. I respect that from him, from both of them, man. Like, honestly, that's that's beautiful. We want to see things like that. Like, I, I plan on being there for both. I'm, obviously, I have to compete on that on Saturday, but I will be there Sunday too watching it. And while I'm warming up, I'm going to try to peek out and watch some of the guys do their thing because this is going to be magnificent, dude. Yeah. Like these, this camp's going to put up some numbers. And like, this, I want to see these IPM guys on these deadlift bars too because that's going to make oh. a big difference for them too. Yeah. What Did you notice a big difference? Like when you started deadlifting, you were already over in the untested where they had deadlift bars. But did you – but you probably mess around with a, a normal IPF approved bar. Like, is there a big difference there? Um, I've done some like stiff bar stuff, but like for me, like, and not to like toot my own horn, I'm just really, really explosive. So I don't feel it until I get like the heavier weight. Mm. Like I, if, if I'm like, you know, any, anywhere past like maybe seven, something like uh, that's when I kind of like feel a little bit, but I'm, I'm the person that I like to really like explode as quickly as possible like on every lift just so like if i'm not if i'm not um really there on the lockout like i still have the momentum to really get it up there i'm just very explosive i, I like to just go peer on like as fast as i can like i'm i'm just trying to jump out the gym man especially with dead so but i i don't, don't get me wrong i do like to do the deadlift bar like <laughs> it's, uh, it's definitely fun i think it was john hack who said I'm going to butcher this quote, but it's something along the lines of when it comes to the deadlift, grab it. They're like, what's, what's your biggest like cue? What should I do? What's the biggest takeaway? The one takeaway. He's like, pull that fucking thing before gravity has a chance to respond. So <laughs> fast. <laughs> pull it so fast. Gravity doesn't know it's already off the ground before it starts. That's why he pulls almost 400K. Yeah. So Get moving on this. Don't take your time. Get moving if possible. What, so um, we actually had, so this also brings me to, we had Russell Orhe on the podcast last. Did you, I don't know if you happen to heard the podcast, but he talked about you for a second there. He actually said he was getting scouted by some lifters um, to go into the showdown. Uh-huh. And, then, and then he said, um, I'm not, I don't want to go to the showdown and here's why. And uh, essentially 
his goal is to uh, rack up as many IPF worlds as possible and make it to Sheffield and try to make some money at Sheffield. Essentially, whatever his own personal goals are, that what they are. And then he's like, man, I was on Instagram. And he goes, I don't know if I was reading into it or if it was about me. But he goes, I thought I saw my man TD in the story say something about these guys who are afraid of competition or something. I know I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, holy shit, I think TD just sent me. And I was like, you think so? And he goes, I don't know. And then he's like, he stopped. He goes, my man TD, I got no beef. But um, I, I, he goes, maybe I'm reading into it because in terms of timeline, his video dropped, then your post came out and he's like, holy shit. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know if, uh, Let's clear the air. what's that? Let's clear the air right now. Okay. Let's, let's just be honest with it. Like this is, uh, let me, first off, Russ is a great lifter, but he was one of those people that I am talking about. Oh, so shit. Trash, okay. this is, this is my, this is my thing, dude. Okay. Russ is a great lifter. Stop, stop letting the IPF control you guys. Like that's that's my thing. Like you are your own lifter. Like go after these meets, compete. Like I feel like he's gonna get better. Like if he goes to like different federations, to compete against these different because he's a baller. Like it, it's it's no problem with him to do this thing. Like especially the IPF, come play with the other guys too. It's just it's just like it's like practice squads. You know what I'm saying? Like. You want to, if you want to get better, you're going to go against the better the person. So why would you continue to just beat on these guys? Cause you've been beating them and doing your thing. Go with where the guys might beat you. You're going to get better that way. I see there's a lot of potential in that kid. I, well, he just, I seen a video of him at a commercial gym and it pissed me off because he did it so easily. He squatted like it was 725 in some damn Jordans in a commercial gym and like act like he wasn't nothing like bro like get the hell out of here like who are you like he's just so frequently natural like he's just strong and i just i hate to see guys just get so hemmed up on all i might get suspended and i might not be able to do worlds okay you miss one world but you got to compete against some people that could beat you at now and now you've got a little bit more fire under your belt to like really push yourself. That's just how I felt. That's not like a lot of reason why I, like I know Julius, I knew Julius was going to start kicking my butt. Like I wasn't tripping about that, but because I got to compete with him and be around him, him and, you know, uh, Strickland and Hornstra and power builder, big Johnny Harris, like guys like that. Like I surrounded myself with guys that could potentially beat me. Now the, the, the fire is just fueling. Now I just want to continue to get better because I know, my potential is more. I just, I just feel like those guys are just letting IPF eat them up. Do, do you feel, cause you, when you moved over, you did make the decision. Okay. I'm, I'm going to start put, using tests. Do you mm-hmm. think he would have an opportunity to a realistic shot of winning though, unless he decided to also take PEDs? You don't need to take PEDs. You think you could still yeah. without it? If, if his levels are fine, he should be fine. The only reason why I took it is because my levels were shot. That was it. Otherwise, I'd still probably be natty. I'd still be the natty fatty. But my <laughs> levels were shot, period. And but, but could he win, though? I don't know if he could win. Like, uh, I, Well, looked- good, because that, that, that's going to spark him a little bit. That's going to be like, oh, well, 
you know, yeah, Greta, because how I look at it may be different from what a lot of other guys look at it, but like I said earlier, I don't care if you have bionic arms or you, you know, you take every single PED in the world. Like, I still want to beat you. I don't care who you are. Like, I kind of have, like, that weird, like, Jordan mentality. Granted, I'm a LeBron fan, but (laughs) I, I I have that mentality, like, I don't care who you are. I want to beat you. Like, it doesn't matter who it is. Like, I may not beat you today, but I'm going to be studying you. I'm I'm going to be obsessive, and I'm going to beat you. I'm going to do extra work. I'm going to do things that I didn't want to do and the things that I think I could do. You know, I'm going to do anything that it takes, though, except for, you know, taking a whole bunch of stuff because that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm 400 pounds. I can't take all them drugs like that. But <laughs> I'm going to put in the extra work. I'm going to stay in the gym longer. I'm going to eat more. I got a nutritionist now. You know, shout out to Chef. That's my nutritionist. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get to where I need to go. Like, it doesn't matter. to me. I don't, he, I don't care who I go against. You're a man. I'm a man. Whatever it is, let's go. His situation is slightly different in that um, you were by far, like, you were the top of the hill when it came to the IPF. So you, that was, like, yours for as long as you're going to run it. So you really were did probably not have competition near the Emory. Like, look at me. What am I going to do here? I could, like you had said, win this over and over, but it's going to get stale. And you had been the first to eclipse 300, et cetera. And then on top of that, like you said, you had some health issues where you're like, doctors like, dog, your T is too low. So it was going to happen. You got forced, kind of your hand got forced in terms of that situation as well. But with Russell, he's one in one with Brett. So he still has a bit of unfinished business where Brett Gibbs, who is like a multiple time world champion stuff, might be like, my friend, um, we ain't done yet. You, 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 uh, if you leave talking about, you don't have competition, Brett might be like, I beat you once you beat me once we, and, um, they do have Sheffield. He talking about money. Um, his, I think the IPF points would be favorable for him to be in the mix of winning real close. And the money is fucking fantastic. <laughs> it's fantastic. I, mean, it's money. I get it. Yeah. I get it. But it's like, do we even know if there is going to be this meet next year? And, you right. know, like, I don't know. It's different. Everyone's got different personal goals. The yeah, thing yeah, is- exactly. And that's the problem. And I, you know, I wasn't like, I don't hate the kid or nothing like that. But yeah. it's like, bro, you have way more potential than the IPF. I, I think the IPF is the greatest starting point for all lifters, period for the simple fact of you are judged on the, the strictest platform, uh, the prestige that you do. It's, it's kind of like in my way, like of going to the Olympics and going pro, if, if I want to say it like that. You know, I, like I said, I enjoyed it. I learned a lot. But if you continue to win all these gold medals, you keep slaying these guys, well, what about the pro guys that you got to go against too? You got to go get some of that too. You got to go get that. So, What's – um, you make a – it is true that if you come up through the IPF, one thing you will get accustomed to is some very strict standards. Yep. And um, some individuals might've come up through different feds with much different standards and some feds extremely lax standards. And we're going to talk about it today. We're right? about to talk about it. This is the segue, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah. So, and, and, if you came up in the wrong state with the wrong fed being in that state and, uh-huh. and you just don't know, you're like, 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 like you had said, you've flown all over the world to international meets with strictest of standards, mm-hmm. international judging. You're like, all right, I know what is standard. Whereas some people are coming up, you know, 
in some states where they don't aren't exposed to it and they're like they have no clue and they think they're killing it talk about it let's talk about it. we talked in private about it a bit like a, a little bit ago but how do you think what do you think of this because you've 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 dabbled in some other feds now and um you've seen uh-huh. you've seen some things I'm not giving nobody any excuses for the simple fact, and this is, uh, I learned this about, you know, even just with law, you know, being a corrections officer, uh, ignorance of the law is no excuse. So if you know your hip crease is supposed to be up parallel or below, you know that that's what it's supposed to be. That is a common rule. You know that the bar has to have the stopping point on the chest. It should be a touch and go. The bar shouldn't come up and down while you're pulling it. Doesn't matter if you're in a suit, if you're in a multiply suit, or if you're classic raw, doesn't matter. The rules are still the same. So with that being said, people, oh, well, is this a different state? This is a different federation? But the rules are pretty much all still the same. You guys just choose not to look into it. And that's why you, like the sport kind of looks stupid because you have people that are squatting super high and getting these world records you know, and, you know, doing all this silly stuff. And I can't get mad at the lifter. I get mad at the Federation and judges. And I feel like that's where it needs to come about because that's why you have judges. You know, not saying, you know, coming people aren't honest. They won't, you know, how can I say that my squats are to depth just because I'm, you know, I'm the lifter. I can't say that. Somebody has to, because I'm, I'm not watching my squat. I'm doing the actual squatting. So that's why we have judges. So for them, for people to be like, oh, well, you know, this lifter is just trash. I mean, he may, his form or he or she's form may not be great, but it's ultimately on the judges too. And that's when the judges are like, hey, your depth wasn't there. You need to work on your depth. Your your hip crease is still pretty high. Or, you know, whatever the case may be, whatever they're getting flagged for. But there's no, there's so many videos, there's so many things on YouTube, Instagram, you know, you can see what is to standard or what isn't, period. Stop, you know, stop making excuses for it. Well, do you think, here's the thing. So some people had said, um, after the lifter sees the video and sees, you know, where the squat ended with depth and sees that the shoulders were back and it was locked out with the dead, et cetera. Some people put the onus on the lifter, not, not just, but after the fact, they were like, you went ahead on Instagram, you posted it, you claimed the record, you said this is a world record. And some people actually would attack the lifter after the fact. So the day of judge's job, not the lifters. And you're right. You don't even fully know if it's, if, if squat depth is close, which some of them were not close, but if it was close, (laughs) you can't really tell sometimes, or if the shoulders were back, but kind of sort of, yes, sort of no, you can't always tell when you're in the moment yourself. Mm -hmm. So you put that on the judges, but the next day, do you think the lifters, cause some lifters, like I've, I, Andrew Herbert, um, who's friend of the show. Awesome guy. That's my boy, that's my boy too. Um, Jack. yeah, man, that's talking about another scary dude, but he's the nicest fucking guy in the world. Real but, nice guy. He's fought in MMA and like, like he's a monster, but he's like a professional MMA fighter at one point in time. And, uh, but he's so flipping nice of a guy. Genuine, yes, dude. He is. genuine dude. Um, which is good. Because if he's an angry man, <laughs> but anyway, somebody get their neck broke. That's right. That's right. Um, but anyways, yeah, and I'm picturing the baby running his mouth and six of you. <laughs> guys. It was you six guys. Every, every, 
everybody I just mentioned stands up and, and it's like, oh my God. Um, it's like it's like the fucking Avengers or the, the Justice League just formed. And it's it's Zach's it's Zack Snyder's cut. So it's rated R and there's gonna be blood. Um <laughs> but um uh, what was I saying before I went off? Oh, okay. Do you feel like the lifter? There's some onus on the lifter to be like, do it, Andrew Herbert, and a couple other lifters who have in the past be like, I'm not going to acknowledge this because after upon reviewing the lift, I myself, it doesn't meet my standards. I think what he did was great. And I think that was phenomenal. And for the simple fact that, you know, yeah, it was a record, but he knew he, after he's seen it, he noticed that it wasn't how it's supposed to be. And that's great. But you can't expect everybody to have integrity like that, you know. Like that's just, you know, <laughs> you can't you can't expect people to be honest like that, or you know, have the same. It just doesn't work that way. And in, in society, some people are still gonna fight, say that it's right, it's right. This is you know, this is what it is. You know, you know, you just you just can't you can't compare that. Um, I know for me, if it were me and I truly agreed with it, of course I would like you know what. You know, open powerlifting. I'm cool on this one. I'm because that's just you know that's respect. It's respect for the previous uh, lifter and respect for the sport. You know, but it, it takes big people like him to do that. So you can't ex- like I said. You know, you can't expect everybody to have integrity like that, man. It's just that's just not gonna happen. Um, one of the individuals that this really was a big blow up. Um. Garrett Fear had really re- reposted this and went off on this one. Uh, it was Philip Herndon. I might be mispronouncing his last name, um, some of his records. And mm-hmm. what I will give Philip, it's kind of like you said, I've mixed feelings. I don't, I don't know Philip on a personal level, but um, you know, he, he's essentially like, look at the judges called it what it, they called it, but it's, he, he's like, I am not exactly running away from competition. He is going to be at the U S open at the current, right. he is going to be at the showdown. Um, so he is like, it's not like he's avoiding competition necessarily either. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of like, look at, I'm just, I'm going around squatting, deading, doing my thing as a lifter. If it passes, if it passes, I'm not going to take responsibility to, and I don't want to speak for him too much here either, but it, I'm obviously paraphrasing, but I don't think he feels like kind of like you said, where it's not my responsibility I will show up at Kern and do my best and let's see what my numbers are there. The competition's there. I will show up at showdown, do my best. You know, it's, it gets into a tough situation where you're trying to put, you want to see change, but it's like, how do you do it effectively? Does shaming individual lifters, like shaming them, do you think that would work? Nope. Because <laughs> I mean, and I, I even said this to Garrett directly, like, like that's, that's not the way to go. I feel like if somebody like it, like whatever, if it happened to me, like somebody was like, "Oh, I don't agree with you," blah blah, it wasn't good. Whatever, okay, cool. And I had somebody like Garrett running their mouth to me, like, "Bro, I'd, I'd kill you forty times over before you got a hit on me." Like, like, don't run your mouth to people. That's just that's just me. Garrett, he's like a little brother. He's from our area, so like, whatever. I I kind of tolerate him for some some parts, but. Um, there's like I said, you don't go after the lifter, whatever. He's Garrett squats high all the time. You know, Garrett can't hold on to the deadlift most of the time, but he deadlifts in competition. He knows this, and it's okay. Like that's that it's okay. It's part of the sport, bro. Like 
we're not going to sit here and critique you. You know what you have to do. So, you know, it's just, it's it's kind of annoying, you know. Again, it's all it all comes down to these judges. But also, I think, too, if you're going to break a world record, it needs to be at a prestigious meet. And that's one thing I do always agree with IPF. And, you know, you can't, you can't just break a world record at a USAPL meet, you know. It has to be at an IPF meet. And I totally agree with that. And that's... That's all I think it needs to come down to. Like, I understand people peak differently and peak, you know, different times. But if you're really going to go for this record, I think you just need to follow it as, as like a current or a showdown. You know, that's that's how I, I think about it. Unless it's a, you know, if it's a big meet, then yeah, let's go for it. But otherwise, no. Erin, you've been to enough world championships and you're a judge. Um Explain to someone who doesn't, who, who's listening, who might not know what, what TD's talking about here when he's saying, you know, world records have to fall at international IPF meets and why that's so important. Yeah, they, they way back in the day, they used to have them where you could hit them at like, you know, nationals here in local meet. But yeah, they slowly changed it to it has to be at an international meet where you have, you know, the three referees in the chair from three different countries and you have the jury that's three or five uh, jury members all from different countries to basically try and take that, that bias out, not just to experience the referees, but also it's not like, you know, home cooking, as some people say, especially with, especially like if you have like, let's say it doesn't matter what federations, but you have a tiny federation where let's say there's only a few hundred members in the country and maybe there are only a few States and, you know, one person's running the business. You want to please your customer. If you call everyone, you know, red lights for depth and they bomb out, they're going to go find another federation. So yeah. they may be purposely talking to the referees or maybe their buddies with the referees to, judge more relaxed to have world records be broken at their meets to have people continue to come to their meets and make money. So you like, like T said, it's good to, you know, try and make people break these all time world records that, you know, a national meet or these, you know, Kern open or the, uh, the uh, showdown, because, you know, you're going to have the more experienced referees there. You're going to have the better lifters there. You're going to have, you know, they're not there to just, you know, try and keep you um, in the Federation. That's a really good point. And that's why, um, like the IPF being a, a for real global body, they, they have enough lifters. So they're not too worried about it. Whereas other feds, like the smaller feds that are in question with the questionable judging that some people, you know, not to go into the certain feds, everyone knows the certain feds that we're kind of talking about. Yes, they are they're, yeah, they're vulnerable to shifting an ebb and flow of lifters leaving and coming. So if they're looking at lifters as customers showing up to the meet, it is a bit of pressure to be like, I need you guys to have a good time. People bombing and whatnot isn't a good time, but you know, there is that double, it, you have to hold the standard. And it is interesting. Like Arian said, if the untested could do something where it's like, we, here's what we consider world-class competition is the showdown, Kern, nobody really watches those and questions their, their calls there'll always be a strike zone that changes a little bit. Even the IPF here and there, like, well, I think it might be a little too strict. There's always something in sports, right? No matter what. Yeah. There've been times I've seen it in IPF has been too strict. Yeah. Like it'll, it'll never be right on the money, but there's, yeah. it's like a, there's like a tolerance that we, you have to accept, but there's certain things that we can't tolerate when it goes beyond that. Right. So there's that tolerance zone. And then there's the beyond. I think there's some feds that are the beyond the tolerance zone where it's, what the, but the thing is, what do we do to like, these all time records are starting to get a little silly now. Like some of them, we had this conversation where it's like, what are we going to do here? I don't know what it is. If it's like, we have to stop 
worrying because all time records, the thing with all time records is by nature, they're not governed by any federation. So there is no one to complain to. There is no one governing it because that's why, because they're, they're not an IPF or a, they're all time means nobody can touch, like nobody, no governing bodies there. So what are you going to do? This is going to happen. I could hold a beat myself and squat super duper high. And like, you know what I mean? It's um, so what kind of validity do you put into all time records versus, you know, if you just look at, for instance, I saw Julius do this. I saw TD do 700. I know he crossed the 700 and entered the 700 club club with like a handful of people. Do you more take it person by person while who did it? Or do you put validity into all time records as a whole? Yeah, I don't put it all the time, man. Like it's just you that hearsay stuff, man, it'll never it'll never it'll never just it won't make it official. So I just think that I think I think a good idea, and I mean it may be a little far fetched, but for every federation that we wanna, you know, that wants to have all time world records broken, they have a person that they rep- that is represented with that federation. If there's a real all-time world record, it gets reviewed through um, I don't know, like so for every single so IPF has their person, USP has their person, uh, USPF has their person. All these people, they have their people. They come together, they do a Zoom or whatever crap they want to do, and they have to review that world record. And if you know it gets a certain amount of votes you know, anything over 60% or 70%, then it's, it's valid. But if it doesn't, then, you know, I think that's they should do something like that because there's, there's so many federations and whatnot. But if you have somebody that's a spokesperson, then that way that one federation just doesn't get that say, the one that, you know, the world record was broken in. So you also have the say of IPF or, you know, whatever the case may be, USPA, USPF or SPF, the WWF, and you're like, and I don't mean the wrestling. I mean the World Wildlife Foundation is. Well. <laughs> I want to hear what they say about it. <laughs> no, we don't want to get sued. We, we love the wildlife. Man. That's right. That's right. That's, right. That's, that's why we haven't involved. We're just trying to stay woke and just trying to be like, what does Peter feel about it? Let's let's see what Peter feels. <laughs> let's, 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 let's have everybody involved here. Right. But, but some system like that is definitely what some people have said, like if open powerlifting could have some kind of committee instead of them just collecting the data, they're also vetting the data. Uh, but uh, another thing I've always thought of is like, this used to be a bigger issue of multiply is like all these guys were squatting high and every single world record was high. And these guys were going to the feds that were allowed. And, you know, everyone complained online, everyone will comment, Oh, it's high, it's high. And everyone argue back, but that just like, you know, gave them more attention, all these comments and stuff like that, all the mm-hmm. spring around gave them more attention. Once people start forgetting about the multiply and like focusing on the raw and raw with raps and like not even commenting on these people's stuff. Now multiply is like kind of dead. Like no one talks about these guys anymore. You don't see any more all time world records. And I think maybe that might be the same thing you have to see here. It's like, instead of Garrett fear attacking these people and posting it and bringing more attention to him, like Garrett fears followers all know who this guy is, is people just need to ignore them. And maybe they'll have the all time world record on open power thing, but they're not the ones making the prize money at the open or at the showdown or these other meets. And people are going to recognize those people that are on, you know, on ESPN or on whatever TV live stream, making money also like that. And those guys will either make the switch over and and go deeper or they'll just kind of disappear. Yeah. I I 100% agree. I think, okay. 
I've talked about this before. Maybe I went a little too hard. I'm human. Maybe I was a little too harsh with my words, but um, with the lifters themselves, because I said in there, like, look at me, when people are doing this, you got to laugh. And, um, and I was like laughing at the lifters for, uh, you know, posting a squat to strangers high and trying to pass it for a world record. All right. Maybe it was a little harsh at the time. And I was, I was a little, you know, you get a little frustrated when you see it, but I do think I agree with TD in that you don't want to shame people either. And, um, and I don't also don't like the piling on and the bullying that social media can do, even though these are like, we, we've said how many times in here, like a lot of these guys are big, huge, you know, tough guys, whatever, but people are people. And it doesn't feel good to feel like the whole fucking community that you're part of has singled you out and you hop exactly. on there one day. That's shitty. And um, I thought about it. Like I've done, you know, working king of the lifts. There are times when I'm like, fuck, man, I don't, you know, I did. I, was I a little too harsh if I said this? And um, maybe on that stance, I was like, fuck, I think I might have went a little too heavy. But one thing I do agree with, so I agree with what TD's saying there. If you go at some lifters, I don't want to, the shaming route seems a little tough. Now, I think what the Aryan route was suggesting, and this is what I was suggesting in my previous rant um, that, that I'm speaking of. If we go the opposite route of shaming and just pull back, when I look at Garrett Fear, for instance, who's got, I don't know, around 50,000, maybe more followers, but the people he's attacking who are, and Garrett Fear is like top five in the world in this weight class, but not all time world record holder. However, his relevance to the community, he's on podcasts and he's got a following, but these guys who are all time world record holders squatting high have like 2000 followers. So they're like, in terms of their impact, and I said this and people are like, what does followers have to do with it? Well, follow me for a second here. Their impact in terms of relevance of who's actually paying attention to their squats, like if they're hurting the sport or help, like what, whatever their, their high squat is doing. It's hurting the sport. It's killing the sport. It isn't though, because nobody knows about it. Even powerlifters themselves, if you went around the world to all these different powerlifting feds, certain IPF affiliate feds, they're like, do you know this guy in Alabama who squatted high in with 2,000 followers and did? They'd be like, I have no idea. I've never heard of no, him. No Not even follow But did you see the Garrett Fear video that got, yeah, I've seen the Garrett Fear video. Then it got brought to my attention. To Arian's point, if you're in a fed like that, you're going to be irrelevant. And if you're squatting high, the record you have is irrelevant. And it's only as relevant as we make it. It's only the irrelevance that we give it and the attention we give it, even if negative. And it becomes, if negative, it gets ugly, which I don't want. I don't want people to get bullied and stuff. And then on top of that, it's bringing more attention to it than if you just ignore it and be like, well, that's irrelevant. So I'm not going to celebrate it. Here's, here's what I prefer. This is what like I try to do king lists. I won't, I don't want to like bully, but if I don't think something's, up to snuff. I just won't celebrate it. And then all you have to do is just don't celebrate something. Don't give it attention, keep it moving. And people naturally will move in the direction as a whole to what is actually respected in this community, squatting to depth, this federation, what federation is like, well, I did it at this fed and people kind of roll the rise. You start getting the drift, but you don't have to, I'm with you in that. I'm with both of you. I think you both have make good points where you don't need to go too heavy on the shaming part and calling people as opposed to just celebrate the people who deserve to be celebrated and things work out on their own. Like, like your the whole reason why you left the IPF was to chase competition and be amongst the best. That's why certain people will leave shitty feds that have bad calls because they're like, this isn't it. 
Nobody cares what I could do world records and nobody cares. Not that you're doing it for everyone else, but you do like a little bit of validity within your own community, you know? Um, I was breaking world records with IPF and all, man. It's like, woohoo, that's cool. I was like, oh, well, let's go for all time. Let's go ahead and try to let's do what we got to do. So, right. It is what it is. So, I mean, um, I think we're both kind of on, everyone's kind of someone on the, uh, on the same page. People's mm-hmm. knee jerk reaction sometimes is, it's just different. Um, but yeah, things, things got to Also a, a fun fact too, uh, cause Gary is my friend, uh, but me and him got into it one day and I just want to let you guys know that, uh, he called me fat, but my <laughs> looks is better than his. So. <laughs> Damn, you guys hit hard. Both you guys hit hard. Both yeah, you man. guys, but I, okay, it is what it is, man. It is. What it is. Here, though. So what are so I, I so I also wanted to ask you about. Um, you were the first man in history, if I'm not mistaken, to have ever squatted eight over eight hundred, benched over seven, and deadlifted over eight. I think so. I I I, I think an Iran. I don't want to say who. I think I think Carrillo did it, but I think Carrillo had a fourth attempt. To do eight hundred. That doesn't squat. count. That doesn't count, bro. So then, that, then that, that means I, yeah, I got him. Because a fourth attempts don't count towards your total in any respectable fed. A fourth attempt does not because you have more attempts than everyone else in the competition. A fourth attempt, historically speaking, is only for that individual record, but doesn't count towards your total. Okay. So then, probably yeah. Cool. So that's so, that, so that's that. <laughs> he's like cool. <laughs> That was That's pretty cool. That's yeah. pretty cool, my man. So, <laughs> so tell me about that beat, though. Did you walk in there with those goals? Um, actually, I, I fell short because I passed out. Um, at my at this meeting, what was in November? The 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 uh, RPS, well, the Live Large meet, and I I fell short because I. I'm I'm weird in the mornings of meets because I get super nervous and I get like super angry too, and I'm just like I can't eat because I'm just thinking about destroying weight and I'm just like nervous and I'm angry, so I had like probably an egg and like a piece of toast. Oh shit! And I, and I try to squat. Wow! So I opened up with seven fifty eight and then i went for 850 i got like halfway like the speed it felt great but i every attempt i was just super dizzy and thank god my boy julius came out to watch me and he went to give me a sandwich this big old super like huge sub and i smashed it and then i went for the what i got 705 on bench so after passing out i was able to become the third person to bench 700 full meat first was james henderson but he did a token squat and Deadlift was I kind of don't really don't count, count that. Don't count. Yeah, don't count that. So then, technically, if we want to be technical, it's me and Kirill that are only bench uh, seven hundred and a full power meet. Holy so, shit, dude! Yeah, so that's pretty. That's pretty cool. Then I pulled, I pulled eight fifty nine on my last deadlift, and I think I could have pulled nine that day. How fast the eight fifty nine went? So I got some big goals for Kern. Yeah. And that, do you, you're the king of segues right now. <laughs> so, so let's talk about Kern for a second. Um, what, what, what are some of your goals for Kern? If you, I don't know if you want to, you don't have to get necessarily straight into the weeds with the numbers if you don't want to, but, mm-hmm. or just in the future period. Um, well, I'll, I'll be straight up, man. I'm always open book. 
I I knew for a fact that 850 was at that last meet and it was going to be there easily. Um, but I've been dealing with like a knee slash abductor slash groin injury this whole prep and like all my squats are super slow and I'm in a lot of pain when I squat and even when I bench too, like I, I feel the pain in my knee. So like, I'm just, I'm not sure what I'll pop out on squat. Squats kind of, I wanted to go for nine or as close to nine as possible. Bench seven and obviously pull nine. So that would put that would that would give me all time world record in sleeves, because that'd be twenty five hundred, and that would be Dan Bell, who's also going to be at the meet. Shout out to Dan Bell, he's a good dude. He's not uh, lifting though, is he? I thought he is he lifting. Oh, he's lifting. He's going. He's going to wraps again. Oh, see, I didn't see him on the roster. Oh yeah, he he just he just like I think he signed up like last minute. Oh damn! And I seen Joey Sullivan sign up. There's been a couple additions, kind yeah. somewhat last minute, but. Um... That's that's the big homie, big damn Bell. So I'm trying to chase that big monster of a man. He's awesome though. But I, I, I my my goal, if my knee can get right, if I can get everything going, go as high as I can on squat. But I want I want to chip a little bit at my bench. Maybe go seven eleven on bench, and then nine for sure on des because there's no reason why I can't. I feel like. I could have pulled nine at that meet in November, like how fast my 859 went. It, it flew and it didn't feel heavy. So now I know like my potential a little bit more. So I got stupid long arms. Like it works for me on deads, but when it comes to bench, man, I just, oh my gosh, I wish they were a little bit shorter, but I mean, I'm, I'm making it work. So I'm, I'm doing something right. But um, I'm not sure if I'll be able to get it that 25 yet. Depending on my knee, I'm just kind of taking it slow. Um, I haven't even touched eight in training yet, so we'll see. But I've, I kind of think I found out what the issue was. Uh, it's more like in the inside of my thigh. That's all super sore right now. So if I can get that stretched out and, you know, whatever the case may be, maybe we'll put some weight on the bar next week and uh, try to try to do something. I'm sure you will. But but even that, like looking at the uh, all time totals for just a raw uh, in sleeves, is you're at six right now, tied with Eric Lillibridge at twenty three seventy, basically twenty three sixty nine, and then Larry Wheels is at twenty three seventy, and Josh Morris is at twenty three seventy five, and then it jumps up to you know Ray at twenty four fifty two. So even if you don't get the twenty five hundred, you get to twenty four hundred. I mean, you're going to be the third highest total all time before you hit thirty. Then you still got, you know, those few more years before you want to retire to try and get to that goal of 2,500 and be number one. Top three. Oh, if, 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 if I don't get it at this meet, I'm, I'm like I told you, I get obsessive and I get really weird. <laughs> I'm going to hit it at the, at the showdown. I'm just, there's no doubt. I'm, I'm less, I get shot or something. Like I'm not playing around. Like it's going to go down, bro. I, I've got to get obsessive. Like I said, oh, I don't have that much time. So uh, I got to really kind of, and, and with having a friend like Julius too, like, seeing the barriers that he's able to break through, it's like, why can't I do something great too? You know, like, you know, as much as I would love to continue to do bench only, like I just love having this, I love the full power thing and my bench is still going up. So when it is time to, uh, you know, uh, knock on big brother's door, you know, and I want to decide to do that, I can do it. You know, it'll, it'll happen eventually, but right now full power is my baby. So. It's, it's uh, in, sorry, go ahead. Aaron. No, I was just going to say, it's interesting. Cause like, you know, the, 
the the best guys in the total like now and even previously in history have always been like the big time squatters you know they put up the big weights in the squat and then like you know they have a good good bench and then they delve usually less than their, their squat and they have the best total but now you have the potential for the best bencher or one of the best benchers in the world to also have the biggest total in the world it's yeah. insane it is a new trend, man. This is, this is a, cause especially with the big boys, it's the squat. Like, like historically speaking, anyways, we're just used to Ray Williams and like, um, and, and obviously he's got a big bench, big dead, but just functionally when, when someone's large like that, the squat loading up on the back and squatting is, is a key tool, but that bench you have is freaking crazy. And, and it's, it's very rare you see someone in the bench only come over and s- start smashing the three lift and be in position to possibly take the overall total record. I'll be straight up honest with you. I think starting that bench only was like a blessing to me uh-huh. for the simple fact that bench, you know, and we all know this bench is the most technical lift out of the three and you get flagged for the most out of, you know, on bench for anything. So it's like, if you learn really good technique on bench, and then you cross over and do all three, you'll keep that same mentality for squats and deads. And I feel like that helped me out a lot because I mean, to try to learn all three at one time, I get like, some people can get it and make it click for them. That's cool. But me doing bench and competing and just bench, um, learning all that and then go on to do all three. It's like, I think it really helped me out a lot. Actually. Now I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it a bit. Yeah, uh, you're right. In terms of the bench, it's the only lift with three commands. It's the only lift um, you move your foot. You just it, there's so many ways to lose it. Your butt comes Man, off. You your head comes off. Hard, you, you <laughs> fake. Hey, hey, you, you know. <laughs> the judge goes, "Excuse me, did you pass wind?" Because I'm giving you a red if you passed wind. Was that you? <laughs> That's like, you can't even fart. It's like listen. Can I say something? You didn't comb your hair before you came out here, and I don't care to comb your hair. And you're getting a red from me. And it's it's offensive. Hey, it's, dude, it's it's the craziest, the craziest side of the three, man. If you learn to be very technical and good on that, you come to full power. Like look at um another example, another another reason why I decided I want to do it was because James Strickland started to do it too. And look at his form on his stuff. Like he's pretty good at, you know, all three. Absolutely. Like looking, but just like looking and seeing like what he can do and like his form is phenomenal. And it's just like, it's, but then again, we do have probably one of the best coaches, you know, Josh, Josh Bryant. So that also, are helps. you, you're under the same coaches, James? I uh, sure. Yeah. Me, me, him, uh, Julius and Horst, uh, we all got the same coach. Wow. There's a bit dude, you're all monster benchers. This guy's the bench king. Yeah. <laughs> who how does he's someone like, get a hold like, he's like tiger king but the bench king he's got all the bench That's, monsters he's he's a king maker how does someone get a hold of him if they want to improve their bench jailhouse strong man that's that's it okay jailhouse strong on instagram that's that's the man josh bryant wow man that's crazy is he going to um does he handle all you guys as well um he'll come to some meets but for the most part i i got it you know i, I pretty much know what i'm doing so you know and he's he's got a family so i don't expect him to do much he, he gets me my program and i cry when i look at it but i get it done so you know i I, wanted, I was gonna say td handles himself and if he's not on top of things his wife is in the crowd yelling at him thomas yeah. that's right uh, that yeah she's crazy <laughs> or um i'll usually have somebody back there with me uh the guy who owns the gym that i go to mike baxter he he's usually there he's actually one that wraps my knees like like he's insane like he's mad at me 
So. <laughs> like, like your kneecaps are going to try to get away. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, 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 don't you dare. <laughs> he's, he's, he's rapping him like he's mad at like his motherfucking face. You're like, easy, man. Easy, man. You got a lot on your plate right now. What's going on? <laughs> you mad? But, no, what's going on? Somebody punched you in the face. So <laughs> yeah. Somebody take your parking spot. What's going on? Take it easy before you rap. Take it easy. Um, I was going to, oh, and for anyone who's listening uh, from like international listeners, some of the numbers TD is talking about when he's saying squat nine, that is 410 kilo dead nine. That's 410 kilo bench seven, uh, 705 is 320 kilo. Just so people understand some of these numbers, because um, a lot of people are out of the US listening, talking about how now you're doing the three lift. How does the body feel a in your training day to day, like it's like, holy sugar. And then B after a competition and you're like, by the time dead rolls around, you're like, this isn't, this is a whole, this is a different day. <laughs> hey, so I'm sore a lot, man. And, uh, but I'm getting better. I'm learning. And it's, it's stupid that I'm just not learning to do this more. Um, I stretch more, a lot more. Um, I do a lot more stretching and just like trying to be proactive and, you know, watching, you know, how I do things and taking the time to like, just because it's no joke, man. Like I'm, I'm benching. So I have, I have a heavy bench day and then I have a secondary bench day later in the week, but then I squat after I bench and then I deadlift usually at like, that's my last lift of the week. So I'll go four times a day, but it's like, or four times a day, four times a week. But I mean, I'm I'm going at it and I'm killing myself. But it's you know I'm I'm sore. It's definitely different from just benching twice a week and maybe throwing in an extra back day as I used to do for a bench only. So it's different. You know, it hurts sometimes, but I like it. You know, it's cool. Like I, I'm starting to see mass in my legs and you know my my quads starting to pop out. Look like Ryan Coleman a little bit. <laughs> You know, it's, it's nice. You know, I enjoy it. I'm over here rubbing my quad right now. Like, I see some <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, it's fun. But I enjoy it, man. It's just, uh, it's definitely a different process. But um, I'm glad I decided to do it just for the simple fact that it is different. But it's, it's fun. I was scared to do it at first. I'm like, I don't know how well I'll do. But so far, so good. I'm doing all right. So. Do you think that some bench only guys with massive benches might be like, think about it, but then they're like, kind of like you just said, but I'm not sure how well I do. And it's, you know, it's, it's that <laughs> maybe I don't want to peek around the corner and even know. <laughs> right. I think, I think um, if Julius really put his mind to it, I think he would have a, I think well, Julius. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't thinking Julius. Cause this bench alone is, like half someone's total. <laughs> right? like I was thinking more like, you know, all the different weight classes, et cetera. But, yeah, let's see. But, but it, like, do you think there are some, like, is it for me? I guess you can't really speak for other people and that's what I'm asking you to do. So it's tough, but for yourself, was it one of those, when you're entering into this new field, were you thinking like, look at, I was top dog, you know, and even, even, uh, even in the untested, you're amongst three others, you know, you're, you're, you're the, you're, in very elite level groups, when you go into the three lift, you're like, I'm starting almost a ground zero all over again. Mm -hmm. 
you know, that's, that's, that's exciting and scary at the same time. It, it was, but it also, it also motivated me, man. Cause like I said, I come to compete. Like, I don't care. Like I, I like, I just, I'm, I'm very competitive. So like, I love, I love the people I compete with. Like, you know, I love everybody, you know, it's, it's fun. I, it's, I enjoy it, but I come to compete. I come to do some damage. So it, it just gave me some more fire to be like, all right, bro, you really got to go into it and really, really blast it out. And yeah, you're starting at zero, but you know what you're doing. You can get it done. So it just really, it really made me, really made me uh, go after it even more. And by the time you got to Dead's at the end of your first competition of three lift, were you <sighs> Well, I was so tired and hungry. It wasn't even funny. I was like, yeah, I'm hungry, but I don't want to eat right before I did. And then, like, I'm tired. So I'm over here trying to drink another bang in the, in the back room. I'm just like, bro, like, I'm about to just say, I'm going to do 500 on dads and I'm going to call it. Right <laughs> but then I end up pulling eight. So I was like, all right, cool. Like, I'll take it. But I was tired, man. I was, that was an experience. I will tell you that. Yeah, I bet. And um, I remember after you hit your uh, eight seven eight, I remember like well over eight seven eight, but you're the first guy to do this. And I remember being like, "Dude, holy smokes, TD! You had this in you this whole time." And you're like, "Yeah, man. I mean, shit, I did. I mean, I was hoping for the best, but things. The weight is just moving, man. Were you when you switched over? Were you like a little shocked? Be like, "Holy shit, I got a dead on me. Holy shit, I got a squat on me." Like it, like the. Uh, I, don't, I don't, I don't think about it that way, man. You, you want to know what really motivates me, bro? There's people that are smaller than me that lift more than me. So like, I look at like somebody, and I, and I know it's stupid to say, but I look at somebody like Jamal who can pull over a thousand pounds, you know, with the straps or whatever. I'm just like, damn, like I'm way bigger than this dude. I should be able to kill him. So I think about that when I lift. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, like it's, it's not gonna be impressive to me until. Like I have numbers that are like, oh damn, like that's crazy. Like, I, like I've been like in, in Julius's territory, where mm. it's the point where like and that's that's how I kind of motivate myself. I I look at it as you know there there's guys that have done what I've done. So until I've done things that nobody else has done, I don't care. You know that's just how I look at it. Like, I mean, <laughs> like it doesn't make sense. It it sounds really obsessive, but like I told, that's how I get, man. I, I'm I'm, I fuel myself that way and it works. So, and this is why, not to bring it up again, but this uh, is why you look at the situation with like when you were saying about Russell, because you're, it's, I think it's more how you guys set your goals, where you look at it like, if this guy can do that, I need to be able to do that. Like, it's why can't I? Why not? Whereas I think on the flip side, Russell is more introspectively looking at like, um, it doesn't matter what other people are doing. I want to collect like, you know, this many titles and this, you know, I think it's just about a goal setting. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Arian, did you have questions before we do? I don't want to skip ahead to any over under games or whatever. I know I'm being a well, chatty Kathy, sir. No, we're we at most of the questions. The, the other thing I want to know about, since he was talking about, I know your training is not going well right now, but be, before when you were doing the bench on the IPF, you're a correctional officer. You said you, you worked a lot of hours and stuff like that. How is it now that you have a baby? How's training work with that? Oh, man. First of all, shout out to my wife because she's yeah. awesome. She's very patient with me and she understands the magnitude of what, what's about to happen with training and, you know, these meets coming up and whatnot. Uh, I shout out to her always. 
because she's a champ and she really does support me. So um, big shout out to her. But having a baby, man, it just, it just makes you go harder, dude. Like that's like when I feel like I don't want to go, like, nope. Malcolm depends on me. He, he needs daddy to hurry up and get a big sponsor. He needs daddy to, you know, do this. Daddy's, you know, working for me so I can have a better future. And that's really how I think about it. And, you know, he is my number one motivator, period. Like, it, it just, it when I had him, it turned a whole nother switch on. It's like, cool, over with. I'm not playing around. Is he going to lift weights? <laughs> You know what? I funny story. I did buy him a bench set before he was <laughs> born. And that's how we announced that we were pregnant. So I have like a little Fisher Price bench set in uh, uh, his grandmother's house. But and I've, and I've said this many times. I don't care if my son wants to be a world champion powerlifter or a world champion book reader i don't care as long as he tries hard i don't give a damn what he does if he wants to lift weights let's do it daddy's gonna show you but if not i'm cool you know it's it's fine i don't i don't want to be that father that's like pushing on things like that you know i want my kid to find what he loves to do you know my dad was a singer i'm not nothing i mean i could sing a little bit <laughs> but uh you know i that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to be strong. I always wanted to be a strong person, even just with football. That's what I was, I think I was born to do. So I'm not going to force that to him. But if he didn't want to go that route, you know, his dad may know a couple of things, know a few tricks, you know, teaching the ropes, you know, you do a little this and that. He'd be all right. He's, he's down. This is like the beginning of the movie. He's down in the basement. You know, he turns a light off. He turns a light on in the fucking back room that no one ever goes. It's unfinished, and he's, he's all it's dusty. All, it's, it's always unfinished. It's all, it has to be unfinished. Yeah, it has to be unfinished. Dark, can barely see it, and and a little bit of light comes through the window and it lights up a, a bench in the corner. He's like, what the "Fuck is that?" And, he, and then and then and then he goes over. He's checking out the bench, and he's oh, dad. And you're 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 in the hallway, and you're like. Let me tell you a story about that. about 2020, <laughs> 2021 era. He goes, he goes, he goes, Dad, you used to bench. He's like, take a seat on that bench. Let's have a talk. <laughs> and that's when the flashbacks happen. That's uh, when the fucking movie starts. We get into good stuff. Son, I'm gonna show you something on my Instagram. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> he's like, he's like, what the fuck is an Instagram? <laughs> but uh yeah, man. I mean, it's um, I think it's like almost like a bit of a I don't know if a dream is the word, but to think like when, if you have a son, like training with your son, lifting weights with your son, but on the flip oh, side. Oh, that would be super awesome, man. Yeah. But like I said, if he wants to, that's fine. Like, don't get me wrong. He's going to be in shape. Like, I'll, I'll, like he's going to do, I want him to do something physical just to keep himself in shape and whatnot. And, you know, I don't know if I want him to play football. I'm, I'm kind of like pleading towards not, you know, just with everything with like CTE and things like that. And, yeah. you know. I've had some people dealing with it, and it's, nah, you that's know. a tough one, man. Yeah, that's a tough one, bro. So, regardless of the fact I support him, man, but if he, if he like I said, if he wants to try that, he wants to lift like with his dad, that's cool. That'd be cool. It's, with me, but. it's tough because, like, even if that's what you wanted, 
the more you push, the more that you push them away without knowing it. Or, or exactly. and, and where you picture, oh, we train together, we could, and then while we're benching and doing whatever, you know, we're talking about our day. It's not, it's, it's easy to talk just like me and the bros do. But then um, on the flip side, it, it sounds like work to him if he doesn't enjoy it. And then he's actually dreading it while you think you're loving. It. So then it becomes like, it's tough, man. It's one of those yeah. deals. So it's kind of like you said, where you're like, look at if he goes down that route, fine. If he doesn't, maybe I got to get into what he's into. Maybe it's on me. Like later on in life, I'm going to be done doing all that. That'll be my yeah. past life. So if he gets into fucking hockey, maybe I got to be a hockey guy. Well, I did, it's all me to show up to the I, ring. I don't give a damn if he likes Pokemon. I'm like, <laughs> pick a two bitch. Like, I'm gonna be pick a two bitch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Charizard, motherfucker. <laughs> you're on like Googling Pikachu. You're like, ah, fuck it. God, I love the kid, but you know, this is this is a lot. This is a lot. Your wife is like, come on, it'll mean a lot to him. And you're like, all right, all right, I'll Google it. I gotta yeah. find out. It is what it is. Aaron, you got it more questions, or should we hop into the, a over-under, sir? The 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 last one, real quick, since uh I know TD is a super, but he mentioned how he has a nutritionist now is yeah. Is it important for you and you think for maybe these other elite lifters to monitor your bench, uh, monitor your body weight for like how strong you're going to be for the bench press, even if you are super? That's a good yeah, question. Yeah, I'm, I'm learning a lot about my nutrition. Shout out to Shev, man. She's awesome. I tagged her on my post, man, because she's really like, I, I've really noticed like a big difference in my body. Like I've, I fluctuate, my weight fluctuates like crazy sometimes. And, you know, it's just because I'm a bigger person, but like I've, I've felt the best being with her. Like we, I, I did the vertical diet a little bit for a while with Stan. Shout out to Stan, he's a good dude too. Um, and I, we kind of do like a variation of it now, but we kind of edit it a little bit. I do eat some bread and whatnot here and there. But I mean, dude, like it, it makes a big difference. My energy, my sleep, you know, training, like, and just like watching what it is. And like, I actually didn't know this but now i do like the more i eat the more i lose like you know when i was my metabolism started going crazy like i'd be like i have like a free day on on the weekend with her and i eat a whole pizza to myself within like 15 minutes i'm talking like a large pepperoni pizza and i'd wake up in the morning i lost two pounds i'm like oh, Holy shit. when like if i looked at a calorie back in the day i was gonna gain like 17 pounds like there was no we're going around that so like now i know like how my body's supposed to, you know, be fed and it's making a difference. So that's probably the most, um, talking about overrated, underrated, that's probably one of the most underrated things is calories and, and watch, pay attention to macros and having that kind of coaching where it's not just like the calories itself also, but hitting certain macro targets. And some people are under on, on a lot of things they don't realize. And then, um, Matt Frazier, who's like five-time CrossFit world champion in CrossFit, everybody and their mother does CrossFit and it's a um, really high level. He was on the Joe Rogan experience and he was talking about, uh, you know, his diet. And he said, initially he said he worked so hard. He's like, I didn't really care. I would eat whatever the hell I wanted. And the guys around me were like, if you want to take it to the next level, you're going to have to get serious. He came second twice in a row, second out of like, like thousands around the world. And then a select few all around the world make it to the, the games, the world CrossFit games. And then he came in second out of everybody. So it's huge, but twice right. in a row. And then he finally said, 
now I need to start checking what it is I put in my body. Like a calorie is not just a calorie. I, it, it, the actual, what it is in terms of that's how like organs function in the whole nine. And um, he's like, that made a huge difference. And no longer is he like, I can out train a bad diet. He's kind of like you. He's like, I felt in terms of energy, what you pull from certain foods, et cetera, it makes a difference. If it's like fast foods, but well, it's, it's calories. Yeah. But your body's not processing fast foods. Like it's going to process if you make a food at home and you're using like vegetables and et cetera, like your body right. breaks down different. And, um, and he's right. like, and final piece for him was that. And I think very underrated amongst powerlifters still is knowledge of this and actually getting, or if not like doing the research yourself, because not everyone's got time for that. But like you did get a nutritionist to be like, okay, that's my job. This yeah. is my, this is my, this is what I do. I got you covered. Yeah. And let's see if your output goes up. And it does, man. You know, Big difference, dude. It's a difference. Big difference. I, I encourage every lifter. Um, one of my, one of my best friends, Dustin Crago, man, uh, Shout out to him. He just he just broke an all time record in his weight class and in, uh, in the masters in squat. Uh, like I think I think he was in the one forty eight class and he, he was like super close to six hundred on squat. And like he he's a he's a beast. And he we had the same nutritionist and like he he would have these weird like weight cuts he would do. And like since he's been with her, like he's actually been able to put up this weight like he's been wanting to and. Like, it's just awesome to see his, you know, transformation, like what he can do now. It's, it's making a big difference on, like, a lot of people that I, I see. So I encourage everybody, no matter what weight class you're in, if you don't understand all that stuff, to get a nutritionist to have you do it. It's going to suck sometimes. Yeah, you're not going to want to eat the same food over and over again. But there's ways to go around it. There's ways to change it, to make it to where you are getting enough food. I love mm -hmm. it, man. So... I enjoy it. You get creative when you're on those after a while. Like you, oh, yeah. you have to, you like you, you become a master of seasoning. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The sugar, oh, the sugar free barbecue sauce. It's not yes. so, yeah. G, G Hughes or whatever. It is. Yeah. I have the same one. Man, look, I, I got this, the sweet chili and uh, the honey, the hickory. Yeah. Man, I, man, look, my whole my office, bro. I, I got it in my office. I got like three cans in my office, bro. I go through it so quick too. Yeah, man. Yeah, man, it's gold. When you you start getting creative and figuring it out, and be like, okay, this is sustainable because you can't yeah. go like just on the you know the plain old plain old for that long. Exactly. You want you want to do a little over under, Arian? Sure, we can throw in there. You, you like you said, you kind of already did one right now. It's like you know people probably think like, oh, what's TD's like? You know, magical program. Like maybe he's doing you know three sets of eight or whatever like that. They don't realize it's the it's the full package. It's like you know the training the nutrition, the mentality that he has, putting himself with a guy stronger than him in training and in competition. Yeah. So people don't want to do all that work. They just think like, oh, maybe, maybe TD's doing some, some magical exercise. And if I do that, I'll, I'll be strong. So you basically knocked out a, that one overrated, underrated on nutrition. But I want to think of what's something else we can throw out there to TD that's related to bench press is, of course, he's one, one of the best in the world. And oh, so we'll do, we'll do overrated, underrated, overhead press and that can be any variation D dumbbell shoulder press or barbell overhead press or push press or does that okay. also include incline bench press? no ju just just the shoulder press whether okay. it's dumbbell or barbell i will say it could be it could be both because I, I think that you don't need to go super heavy on that i think that should be like a volumized uh lift unless you have super weak shoulders and then you know maybe you want to add a little bit more weight 
But for that, for that sake, it'd be underrated. Do you do dumbbells or barbells? Uh, I do a little bit of like dumbbells sometimes here and there. And uh, sometimes I've, I've done uh, barbell as well. So, uh, but nothing like super heavy, crazy, like nothing like 400 pounds. I'm not like that. Like I probably could do, but you know, no, nah, it's not necessary. And how often, how often would you have that? Like how often would you put shoulder pressing in your peaking? Um, he had me do it like last year, um, for a, a good solid, probably eight weeks and I enjoyed it, you know, and it was, uh, seated, uh, overhead press and it was fun. I, I enjoyed it. It wasn't at first it was weird. Cause I haven't done a lot of like up stuff. I did. I used to do a lot of that with when I was in track because I, you know, I did shot put. So it was a lot more inclined and then overhead for me. But, you know, now I'm, I'm, you know, bench press is different, so. Mm. Okay. You help me make my decision. Um, bamboo. Um, I will say bamboo with the bamboo, the earthquake bar. That is a super underrated thing for your shoulders. I love to do that. Actually, I think the next time I bench, I'm going to do that at the end. Just like it helps my shoulder uh, stability just to get those little bitty muscles firing off too. Like I don't do much, but that helps a lot. Bamboo overhead press is super underrated. Really? Yes. I've never in my life. Same thing too. No shit. Yep. Well, there it is, Arian. Start putting it in your client's programming. Arian's like making note. Everybody's got to get some bamboo and let's rock and roll. Um, based off of the fact that you bench press what you bench press, uh, mm-hmm. not the bamboo, I'm talking with the uh, dumbbells and you haven't used it leading into this one. You did it for like eight weeks last year, week or last year. I mean, I'm saying it's overrated because if my man can bench 700 and doesn't use it in his program on a regular basis, then I don't need it either. TD doesn't have it. In his, if TD doesn't have it in his program, I'm not putting it in mine. Okay, that's that's it. If TD said I do, that's why I asked you. If you said I do it every week, bro, I'd be like, uh, no, I'm, no. then I'm gonna do it every week too. But yeah, if I mean, you're, your, shoulder, your shoulders get beat up from benching anyway, so it's right. like you don't need to do a lot of specific shoulder work. But I, I think especially uh, depending on like how if you're firing weirdly, you may want to hit some some more shoulder work specifically. So you know well, that's. That's a good point. It's probably one of those things that um, it's addressed personally for individuals. If yep. yeah, yeah, that's probably, what do you think, Aaron? I'm saying overrated because I bet you there's some people who put it in, even if they don't need it and it's, it's a weakness that, to be addressed. They probably put it in thinking just overall, this is going to add to it. When I think most benchers would be like TD where they'll have it here and there, but it's not a major piece of their programming. Um, so I'm going to say over. TD said under, but it sounds like he's kind of feeling over. I, 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 I like your I like your reasoning for why why you think it's overrated, but I, I think the reason why TD doesn't use as much and doesn't need as much is because he doesn't have that like you know that big powerlifting arch and a big powerlifting style bench. You know he says he has he has long arms. He doesn't have a huge arch. It's not a short range of motion stuff like that. And so for him, he's working all, all those muscles when he's benching. But for these people that have like, you know, the max grip, the super big arch, they're moving it two or three inches. They're using so yeah. much of their, their lower pec, then mm-hmm. they're neglecting those other muscles. So I think for those wow. people, it's underrated. And like Correct. T said, if it's off season doing higher work for volume to get the hypertrophy in or, you know, hit those little smaller muscles, making sure your everything is like imbalanced. I think it's underrated that those people just 
even when they sometimes will do dumbbell flat bench, they'll arch. I've seen some of my lifters yeah. when they go do incline bench, they'll arch and turn it into like a flat bench. And so you have to like yeah. kind of try and get them out of that position of like, stop trying to arch and force it into, you know, that, that, uh, that decline. And so doing the overhead, all of a sudden you see people like, you know, they might be able to powerful thing bench press, you know, 405 and they have trouble with like you know, 135 on overhead press. Right. You know what? God damn it. You made a good point. <laughs> that, that's why I want to go last for now, for now on. I, I shouldn't have went in the middle. You guys. I mean, I'm torn between. You're both right though. I mean, it totally depends on the lifter. Uh, but it makes sense. Like if you take a guy like Sean Noriega with an insane arch, I wonder like he probably has to do extra work on his shoulders because yeah, his shoulders are if the angle wise are probably not getting nearly as, as much. You put a basketball into that kid, man. My man, you could drive a an F one fifty in in yeah. there like a. <laughs> He's yeah. a good Sean, man. Shout out to Sean Noriega, man. What's up, brother? Yeah, he puts out good content on his YouTube yeah. and everything too. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, listen, man, much appreciated for you coming on here. Um, hey, wait, wait, time out, time out. Oh, I, I, got, I got one, I got one for you now. Oh, shit. Questions. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I got a question for you. Actually, I got two. I'm going to ask this first one first. Okay. Which one uh, underrated, overrated hook grip? Oh, fuck. Arian, you go first. I went first last time. <laughs> I went first last time. I mean, th th yeah, it's a good one, but it's another like scenario based. Um, I feel, I feel for like conventional, it's it's overrated. Like just just pull mix grip. Like you're you're barely gonna have any imbalance from having a mix grip. Plus, you can even and out from doing back work. And as long as you build up your your mix grip strong enough, it's not gonna be a grip issue. Um, for sumos, where I was kind of like you know waffling because for a lot of people they'll shift their to one side if they do mix grip. So their hips, their hips, their knees will all shift to one side because they're out of balance. So I found for a lot of people for sumo hook grip kind of keeps them in balance. But overall, I guess I'll just commit and I'll just say it's overrated. Okay. So I don't pull hook grip and um, I, I like, man, I've tried and that shit does not make it easier for me. This is antidotal. I know it's not, but this is what I'm working with. And um, they're, for me, I think it's it's like leverages too. If you don't have the fingers aren't like if your thumb's not long and it's just not going to wrap around appropriately for you to snag underneath and use it like a wrap. Like I've tried, I've tinkered with it. When I first started, my early mentor into powerlifting, he he did hook. So it, like right off the bat, I was seeing the guy doing hook and he's like, and he's a two-time Arnold Classic champion. He's a Canadian champion at the time. So I'm like, fuck, I'm going to be like him. And I tried pulling and he was a conventional hooker. That dude. <laughs> no, edit, edit that one. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> and um, and TD uh, scratches. I was like, all right. Then he, he's like, that's it's a different, overrated, underrated. <laughs> all right, fellas, if you can get yourself like a, a good old conventional hooker, <laughs> but uh, but um, this is Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> this is Grand Theft Auto, but uh, no, but so he for him it really worked. And he, he, he told me all the benefits and I gave it a go. I'm like, man, this is not working for me. So for myself, I think it was my experiences with it was overrated. Um, but I do, I agree with Arian in that that's not, might not be for everybody. And I don't pull sumo either. So incidentally, I can't give you whether or not it's a major deal with uh, sumo. So um, I'll stick with overrated, but uh, I know the people who hook grip, and Johnny Canudo just came with a hook grip video. Noriega's on, and Jamal's uh, 
reposted in people who pull hook are like uh they're very pro pro hook grip and they are like they're like those you know those like those memes with uh winnie the pooh where it shows his face and then it shows him all intellectually in the chair and like people who don't do people who pull hook are the intellectual Winnie the Poohs who have the uh, tuxedo on and everything. They're like, you know what I mean? Like we are Neanderthals to them because they can, I thought you just say they're a cult. No, because they can pull hook and we can't pull. Hook. <laughs> Let, well, let's they can pull hook and we can't. It's like Waco, Texas, man. It let's is dude. It is. You got, you got guys down there. You got, yeah, exactly. Um, what do you think TD? I think personally, um, and Aaron, you're right. I think that a lot of it has to do like situational wise too. But I think that if people just work towards that grip strength, I mean, I've always had like a decent grip for the simple fact that I did specific grip work stuff. I've always, when I'm bench, I grab the crap out of the bar. Like I'm grabbing it like I'm trying to double overhand 900 pounds. I double overhand all the way up to 500 for the most part. I've, I've double overhand six before, but I mean, like I, I practice that just so I am super strong on my grip so that when it is time to put on some weight, it's no problem to keep it in my hands. So um, I think that, uh, I mean, you, if you look at it back in the day, man, everybody did mix grip. Like you didn't see a lot of these guys doing the hook grip, but they just worked on their grip though. Mm-hmm. You know, we worked, you did the extra work for your grip. I think that that's what it, I think that's what it should come for, because I'm ready. I'm ready to see Jamal pull a thousand in the meet because he's dead, he's got it. But you know, he his thumb. You know, you know these guys with their thumbs they keep ripping their thumbs and their fingers, and it's like, man, like wouldn't uh, it, it frustrates me because I want to see him do it. I love Jamal. Shout out to Jamal. He's a good. He's, that's another good guy too. But uh, man, it's just uh, it frustrates me. I want to see that dude pull a thousand so so fast. I think he can do it, man, but I think he should go back to mix, but I think he should really work on keeping balanced. I think that's just going to be something that he needs to work on. You know, I like how you turned it around on them. See, initially when I was trying to hook grip, my man was like, um, ah, you just can't take the pain for the hook grip. That's the problem. Your thumbs can't take the pain. I like how you turn it around and be like, yeah, you, you don't got the grip strength. <laughs> problem. Now, I, no, you got to turn around on him. Flip the script a little bit. Be like, hey, if it's not yeah. an issue, if it's not an issue, hey, look, I've never had a dead come out of my hands. It's true. Um, I mean, I know there is things, and we both pull conventional as well. So I think mm-hmm. to Arian's point, maybe it's an imbalance thing when you're, because uh, sometimes the balance can be an issue when you're pulling sumo, especially some aggressive sumo pulls. But, but there's, it seems like, uh, at least from what I've noticed, maybe it's the lifters. There's a lot more volatility with the sumo uh, with the hook grip and maybe sumo as well. It's like, like you said, there's the pain part dealing with that. Then it's like, they're always like, you know, ripping their thumb open or something like that. Then it's like, you can't do hook grip for reps because it completely destroys your hands. You have to use straps for, for reps and then use the hook. And then oftentimes with the, with the having either double overhand or hook grip is your shoulders are like more rotated forward. And sometimes like, it's like questionable whether you have your shoulders back which is like, you know, what, what Sean got called on in, in worlds that when he went that year. So there's like a lot of volatility there that like things could go terribly wrong, but if it works, that hook grip is locked in. Well, it, it extends your hands, the grip, I think a little bit um, when both arms are doubled over because it's hooked. So your the range of motion is slightly reduced, which helps. And then um, if you do it properly, it doesn't come out of your hands. It acts almost as this is what I'm told. I couldn't feel it myself, but it's like, a, it's like you're wearing straps where you're strapped in on the bar, but it's your thumb. And if, if it works proper, it's like fucking strapped in. It's not going nowhere. And then, but I've honestly felt double over 
my overhand, when I lock that lat back, man, it's like close it, shutting the fucking gate of that back door and that dog ain't getting out. He's not going nowhere. You understand? You so that's why. <laughs> you got to talk that voice and fucking say it. But um, so that's why I feel tighter when I do one hand over, one hand under. Like I feel like like the scissoring action of my lats the two contracting, like the two opposing forces in the bar, it feels tight as shit in my upper back. Whereas I'll do, uh, even if I can't hook, I'll use straps for double overhand. And I try to throw my lats back. I can't to an extent, but it doesn't get quite as tight as, uh, as when I do it the other way. So yeah, I think it's in, yeah. I don't know, man. I yell at people that use straps in the gym. I'm hey. a bully sometimes. <laughs> I'm like the only time, the only time I won't say anything is if you're doing like some serious, like heavy, like rows or something like that. Or even with rows, I'm still gonna yell at you. But if you're doing like snatch grip, then that's okay because snatch grip is yeah. totally different because you don't want it to be like bad like that. That I listen. I keep my strap work from my home in my own private. This is my behind closed doors. I live the way I want to live. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but a good thing you keep your back door shut. I keep the back door shut. Okay. He's this gonna is me, he's gonna this... see me peeping through the window. Like this, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> TD shit. He's just shaking his head. Like, God damn it. Um, but yeah, it is. And you got another one for us, my man. Last one, Larson Press. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll go. You want to go last time? No, I'll go first this one. Um, because this one is I see this a lot in the videos now. Uh, this is a good one to bring up because it seems to be one of the hot items right now. Every now and then, mm -hmm. certain exercises are in vogue, and this is one of them. Uh, I see a lot of people doing it. I myself didn't get a, a sugar load out of it. But again, it's anecdotal. And um, so I'm not issuing it to a sample of like, like Arian's a coach of, of several lifters, uh, some world-class lifters. So it's going to be easier for him to answer this because he could be like, well, out of the 12 people I gave it to, it's like a sample size. I just got myself and um, I didn't get a shitload out of it myself. Mm -hmm. I didn't, it didn't decrease nothing. And it was a different variable. And, um, but I also don't have a huge arch um, and you know, so, and I know it takes away the, it's, I, I don't know At, for myself, it would have been overrated. Mm -hmm. So who wants to go next? I'm, uh, I'm going no, right here. It yeah. sounds like it's you, bro. Just I'm, jump in. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what to pick. Cause what I wanted to go with is, is I, it kind of falls in the same category for me as the overhead press, but I want to say that more people do Larson or just feet up bench, whether it's the feet are on the bench or in the air or whatever like that, they're doing feet up or Larson. Uh, so I want to say it's what's the difference. Let's, 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 what does it matter if your feet are up on the bench or straight out? Like, uh, upside I think, down I think the feet up on the bench, you can achieve a little bit because you have some type of stabilization. Yeah. You have a little bit more balance at, at the feet are up on the bench versus like, you know, up in the air or straight out in front of you. But, but still, like, just a general idea of getting your, your feet off the ground, taking away some of the arch, taking away the leg drive, and then possibly yeah, taking away that balance. I, I, but I see a lot of people doing it. So I would say right now it's properly rated that enough people are, are doing it more than the overhead press. With the same idea, though, is that for people that are doing, like, the huge arch, the max bench, and they're using so much leg drive, moving it only a few inches, 
then farther out from a competition that helps to, you know, work on a longer range of motion, build up more hypertrophy, you know, take a little bit of break on your lower back too, from that massive arch and work on that stability, especially some of the more beginner lifters. They don't know how to get stable on the bench. And when they receive the liftoff, like not be like being thrown out of place or anything like that, figuring out how to like, you know, uh, create a strong base that they can press from. Here's the thing for myself. I didn't feel, I felt unstable with the feet up Larson, whatever. And, um, when I put the feet down, I could base out and I can do, and I don't have an aggressive arch. So it wasn't like it was changing, you know, anything like that in terms of how it is impacting my upper body, but I can base out for stability, but then tell myself, I'm just not going to apply leg drive. And, and it's similar, not the same because, but I have a base and due to the base, the weight in my hands increases and I just take away weight, the leg drive. So I'm shifting more weight over more reps. And I feel like that's why I was saying overrated for myself where now, if I just take my feet off, I'm unstable, but just because it's harder, doesn't make it better. I'm doing, I'm going to do way less weight because I'm unstable. I was already decided I'm not going to do leg drive. That was the point of not leg driving. So for myself anyways, but I just, that's why I felt this is probably overrated. And when I see other people doing it, I'm like, are you doing it because you see so many other people doing it in videos or do you actually need to do it? And they probably, the answer probably is they're just doing it because it's what everyone's doing. Ryan, maybe you should have first asked how many times a week TD does Larson. <laughs> well, here's the thing. And, and TD comes in and he goes, actually, that's the biggest reason why I did 700. <laughs> it makes me look like a total jerk. I do, I do. So for my speed work, my coach always has me do like speed work with like super lightweight. And that's what like a lot of, so like even like so for bench and deads, I always make it like a little tricky for myself right now. Um, so for my speed work on bench, I do Larson. And the reason why is because I'm really forcing myself to be tight as shit in my core like I want to be really really tight so that I'm not moving as much and also I let I do a long pause with it as well so it's like I'm at the worst possible scenario mm. on a bench press but I'm still putting up like so I, well this week I did 562 for three sets of three with Larson's but I also had like a like a three second pause on my chest like you know but like not like not like a bs like three seconds where you started counting as you're going down <laughs> i'll tell, tell my spot like as soon as it's like stop moving then you count the three seconds so i'm trying to like work at the the, the worst case scenario as possible to tighten my core keep the leg drive out because as you know as how i bench my leg drive is super important to me so if i can work on just being upper body just super strong and being able to still push at a bad spot, then I'm I'm happy with that. It makes me it makes me really more explosive too because I really focus on being explosive. So for me it works and I I just especially with speed work, I like to make things mix it up a little bit. So so like for my squats I like to pause them but like really, really work on being explosive or on the concentric just for the simple fact of, you know, I want to be explosive every time I'm squatting. When I deadlift I have speed work. I'll go to deficit and I'll put bands on it just because I'm so crazy about this 900. I want to do I want to do everything possible to get to that 900. So, you know, I make I make my speed work hard, but it's fun. So, you know. I I I, I felt like I didn't finish my thought there after you just went. So I'll finish it now. I actually am going to agree with TD. No, no, yeah, I was actually done. I was actually, I'm just backing up because uh, I want to <laughs> jump. I want to change my idea. Um, 
I'm going to say it's underrated. You know what? I actually was just thinking to myself, so I didn't right. formulate it right. It came out wrong. Um, I think I'm going to start doing Larson presses. <laughs> but you know what? Try it, but but like don't like just like do a touch and go with it. Try to be super controlled as soon as you get to your your spot on your chest. Give it a second or two, then be as, as explosive as possible. I so do like what you said. Like no no lie, when you're talking about engaging the core for stability as opposed to mm-hmm. your legs. Totally fucking because I'm like, I just was like, yeah, I use my legs to stabilize. But if I actually focus in it more on, no, but the point is engage the core to stabilize and see what's up. Even mm-hmm. if you got to pull back, like initially pull back on the ego because it's going to be, I, I'm not going to feel comfortable. I'm like, okay, right. I, I'm going to have to strip the bar a little bit. That's Work fine. with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah start, start light, low up 562 or something. Something, something small, five city two, whatever five five I pulled it up, and these are yeah legit three second pauses. Like the stretch reflex is gone, his legs are straight out, and then boom, as explosive as possible off that chest. That's the point. Yep. Okay, you know what? Like no joke, I joke, but I'm being serious now. I am gonna fucking try these, um, because dude, I mean it's it's a it does make sense. And in terms of the core, I don't do enough core stuff. And this is like something that's, if I could fit some core work into one of the three main lifts, we're good. I'll do it. Do that. Do a lot, a lot more things about this. Uh, something I learned from Perseus and Perseus' coach, Les. Shout out to those guys. Um, and my coach has me do them too anyway, but weighted planks. Mm, yeah. You don't have to do like, um, you don't need to do like, you know, a million crunches or nothing like that. But planks are great for bracing. Um, because it's, you know, you, you, it's like an isometric, like, hold with your core, and you're just, like, like sticking it to it, especially with weight on your on your back, too. It's so great. And, like, I, when I do those, like, I feel like I can I can pull anything bellless. I can, you know, I don't, I don't wear a belt on a bench anyway, but I feel way better pushing. And also, when I'm doing squats, you know, I can push harder on my belt because my core is that much stronger now. Frick. We got some gold going here, man. I'm hey, gonna, man, hey, I'm gonna help anybody, bro. That's how I am, man. Ask questions, I'll help. That's it. Do you do you do coaching? Yeah, I, I, I dabble a little bit in coaching, man. I, it's fun, dude. Like, I'll be straight up with you. I have a couple older guys that I have on my squad, and they're beasts. Like they like they really they really go hard for me. I got some younger guys too, and they go hard too. But my older guys, man, like they're they're like, yeah, I've got, got a good pump going on. I'm like, oh yeah, let's go, let's do it, man. Like, let's let's get it rolling, man. I love it, I love it. How, how does anyone listening get a hold of you if they want some coaching? Uh, Instagram, man, hit me up on Instagram. I, I try to check my messages as much as I can, and I'll shoot you a message back, and we can talk, and let's let's see what's what's you know what we got to change on you. That's the biggest thing with coaching, man. I, I'm not one. I don't like to do like the cookie cutter like programming thing, like. I want to see what's wrong with you because that's what my coach did for me. So if I can, if I can pinpoint what's wrong with you and like why you're not able to get over this plateau or why you're failing on a lift, then you know that's that's the point. We want to get you better. Mm-hmm. We want to work on the weaknesses while keeping your strengths up as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, and the cookie cutter is something that's like it's pretty prominent with people who have a, too many people under them and um, they're just like firing off spreadsheets and you don't really. 
you know, you get to do yeah. spreadsheet back before you even told them your numbers. And you're like, how do you know what I'm even doing? I didn't tell you how my last block went and you just already yeah. gave me my new block. <laughs> like yeah. this is definitely a, a cookie cutter, but um, yeah. That's a whole nother conversation, isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> we got a lot of conversations, man. You know, we know we we go to we'll recap after the uh, current for sure. Do we? Well, we definitely, definitely got to recap after the current, and then you, know um, you need to start making merchandise for King of the List, man. I'm, I want a King of the List shirt, bro. I really want. I think you need to do that. One hundred percent, man. I definitely, definitely will. I mean, we got some things floating around in the background, uh, business-wise, that have taken a lot of attention. But as soon as that's over. My man, you are not paying for a shirt. I'm sending it to you. Um, and uh, <laughs> and I was going to say, you should have something like if they come on that, the podcast, you know, three times, they get a free shirt. Well, my man is my man. <laughs> there it is. You are definitely getting a whole round. If we got mugs, whatever the shit, you're getting it, my friend. No question. No questions asked. Listen, man, I greatly appreciate your time. It is a Friday night. Um, and we went over like, you know, we're getting close to two and a half hours here. So thank you yeah. very much, my man. We, we got to touch base again. It's always a blast. Arian, how do people get a hold of you for your coaching? Kind, sir. Yeah. Same thing. If you want to mess me on Instagram, coach Arian K, then uh, we can talk about coaching and then website, the Bingo, bang. Arian is one of the greatest coaches. I've seen him do work at worlds many times. He's really great. So <laughs> but- I saw I saw TD do work at the banquet at Worlds. <laughs> There's another story. Oh, we won't talk about that one yet. We, we'll okay. next time. Okay, that's the next we'll one. That. That's how we leave the cliffhanger for them to come back for the next one. Yes, sir. Okay. okay, sounds good. Listen, fellas, thank you very much, and we'll keep in touch. Good All luck, right. my man. Good Say luck, it. man. We're cheering for you. Thank you. See you, buddy.